0: Welcome to Backlist and Chill. I am Ollie from near Philadelphia.
1: I'm Cinna from Ohio.
0: And we are here today talking about Amelia Atwater Rhodes, The Kieshera Volume 4, Wolf Cry. Yes, we are. We are almost done with season six.
1: We're so close. We just have one more and also the one that we're recording. We're so, we're, we're yeah. God, the finish line. I can see it. More,
0: way more than halfway through.
1: We're four fifths of the way through. So, to celebrate, Ollie, what are you drinking?
0: As usual, I am drinking absinthe. And once again, I managed to order groceries. <laughs> so, Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I've been able to feed myself for several weeks now. And uh, it's ginger ale and absinthe with a fuck ton of ice cubes. And it's very clinky. That sounds very good. Yeah. The only problem mm-hmm. is that I put the absinthe on top of the ginger ale and it's not sunk down all the way through. So I'm going to be like, I'm not sure if I'm just going to be drinking like mostly absinthe <laughs> at the top. I've tried to mix it, but it it's just like lime green and then like that ginger ale pale color.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to be furiously shaking your cup like, go down! <laughs>
0: yeah. So I might get all the absinthe at the beginning. We'll see. How about you? <laughs> what do you
1: got? Uh, so I couldn't find an appropriate drink, so I tried to make one Mm. out of a drink called the Shapeshifter that somebody made for True Blood, and a drink called the Wolf Bite, which is just a drink that every bar has.
2: Okay, okay.
1: My idea was to go get some absinthe, because that's (gasps) what the Wolf Bite has, but absinthe is like $40 a bottle and I was like not emotionally prepared
0: for that no if you don't like absinthe you should not spend $40 exactly now granted you shouldn't spend less than like forty (laughs) bucks on a bottle of absinthe because that's not good either and you will not enjoy it good to know yeah um I was just like no not
1: today so instead I just sort of mixed up the rest of the stuff that was in there okay so I made a wolf shapeshifter a wolf shapeshifter what you got in it what's in it it has uh all the good things it has pineapple juice all and like midori mm. and sprite mm-hmm. and i put just like a splash of tequila in there so that there would be actual alcohol to make <laughs> me feel so it's
0: got a bite things
1: yeah so, it's all that stuff. It's mostly pineapple juice and Sprite, but, you know, okay. them's the breaks. It's pretty good. Pineapple
0: though. juice, Sprite, Midori, and a splash of tequila actually sounds really pretty good. Yes, it It's pretty yummy. Yeah, I like I like pineapple. I think I would try licorice, or not licorice, um, absinthe with a pineapple soda. That would probably be good.
1: That does sound good. The wolf bite, I believe, is absinthe and Sprite and pineapple juice. So Okay, all
0: right. Good to know yeah. that there is a drink already that includes absinthe and pineapple Mm -hmm. so i would i would do all that it's too bad that i didn't know about it because i would have i should have sent you the link you should have because then i could have ordered sprite and pineapple that would have been great next time we do
1: something wolf related Mm. yes please 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 i don't
0: know when we're gonna do that but
1: (laughs) you're supposed to do it in a way that like you put grenadine on top and then there's like a sinking effect between the grenadine and the like like, absinthe yeah exactly
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like we both have some pretty tasty stuff. Even though I'm basically drinking cold cups <laughs> <laughs> on top of cold ginger ale.
1: You didn't tell me. We decided that in like the first podcast, it was called a Hawks Keep because that was the book that we are reading now. So what's it called today, Ollie?
0: <laughs> oh shit. Well, it's not blue, so it's not a Fractane. I'm gonna call it a Sacriashi. I love that. Yes. So we got we got the Sacri giving you the visions of the future yeah or no vision at all depending upon how much absence you drink
1: <laughs> zero vision it'll try to hit that sweet spot <laughs> you know the one where you kidnap yourself <laughs> best results
0: <laughs> spoilers <laughs> that's what we do here Spoilers. <laughs> so many i'm gonna read the blurb and then let's talk about this cover okay do it I'm going to read the one from the Inside Flappy Flap. It's a Mm -hmm. dust jacket. Mm. Wolf Cry. Eliza Chardé Cobriana is heir to Wyvern's court, home of the avian and serpiente, whose war with each other ended just before Eliza was born. But hatred is slow to die, and not everyone likes the expressive way in which Urban, a serpiente dancer, is courting Eliza especially not Maris, her reserved avian suitor. And when Urban is found beaten in avian land, Eliza is filled with despair. How can she be expected to lead a unified society if her people still cannot live peacefully together? Before Eliza can try to mend the rift in Wyvern's court, she is kidnapped by mercenaries who take her deep into wolves' territory. As Wyvern Princess, all Eliza has ever wanted is to see a future where she can find love and take a mate without inciting another war. The time is now. She owes it to her people and to herself. With Wolfcry, Amelia Water Rose returns to the fascinating world of shapeshifters and weaves a powerful tale about love, duty, and the fate of Wyvern's core. It's not wrong. That's a a pretty accurate blurb. No, that's that's fine. It, It leads you to think that, like, maybe Maris is the problem. But that's fine, because that's also part of the narrative. It's not, like, intriguing like Falcon Dance, but it's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, Falcon Dance was like, what? Those sticks <laughs> sound
1: amazing. Falcon Dance somehow the high bar for this series. I
0: don't, right? in the middle one, and I remember it not necessarily... I have so many weird memories and feelings of Falcon Same. Dance. I don't
2: know.
0: But um, overall, so far, this whole series, maybe? I I can't remember fully, but I feel like this whole series has been pretty good about their blurbs. I feel like we had objections with the first two, Well, I don't remember what they were, so. Those are harder books. Falcon Dance was definitely the best blurb we've read of all the things that we've ever read. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say, not a bad blurb. Tells you what's on it. Pass, you get to continue to the next grade. (laughs) The next part is the
1: cover aha yes let us speak about the cover it's kind of hard to talk about it because it keeps it's so hard to see it all at fucking once
0: oh shit do you not have right because it's just the black um inner inner cover right i have the dust jacket but it's so holographic that it's <laughs> no. super difficult that's what i'm saying is um uh so i have an advanced reader copy not for mm-hmm. sale and <laughs> um that's what it tells me i don't care uh The inner cover, because I've got the dust jacket, which is weird, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's just a paperback. I'm going to take you, I'm going to snap a little picture for you, because the inner bit is the cover. Oh, okay. So yours has, it's like the demon in my view kind of deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nice. I approve of that.
0: Way better than these, like, here's your gray book. (laughs) That's so much easier to see. Right. It's a right. it's a very detailed cover.
1: It is, and I'm glad that you have this because otherwise I would not be able to see like it's so holographic that you can and it's so like the colors are so muted that it's very hard to see like the
0: whole thing. Cuz like looking at it I'm seeing all sorts of details. And uh something I wanted to mention is that the original cover for this didn't have the cobra and the hawk.
1: That may have been a good decision.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, okay. Okay. So the cover is another Cliff Nielsen joint, meaning that there is lots of like smoke effects and lots of like textures to it. It is a giant picture of a wolf on the bottom half of the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then above the wolf, there is, it sort of blends into a lady doing a dance. She's wearing like a very minimal skirt. I would say it looks like it's just kind of a waist bracelet and then some fabric.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, cause like
1: we can't see her legs. I Can't you? Cause I feel like you can see the right leg. Maybe I should zoom in a little more.
0: I'm looking at both the shiny cover. I guess
1: and- I guess that might be a skirt. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Anyway, she's wearing a skirt and it sort of blends into like the, you know, magic-y texture of the cover. And then she's also wearing like a, it kind of looks like a red Sonia bikini. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks like it's made out of coins or something.
0: It probably is. because exotic everything's fucking exotic
1: right above her is a little like sigil thing that's probably meant to be the like writing that we've talked about and then on either side of her is this one on the left side is like a white cobra and on the right side is a hawk and it's so bad (laughs) it's so it's they're very silly looking, because the snakes just sort of they're like, ha, and the hawks just sort of they're like, Mm. meh.
0: But isn't that (laughs) the serpiente?
1: The serpiente are like, ha, and the hawks are like, (laughs) meh. Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. This cover is perfectly representative of its contents.
0: I think it is. I love this cover because it is, like, so obviously about shapeshifters.
1: There's so much going on on it. Like, the reprint... It is quite busy. The reprint just hones in on the dancer and the colors around her. And I think that might be a better choice. Because, like, the wolf is taking up the
0: entire
1: bottom half of the cover. Yeah, and the wolf is
0: very faded and not, not that great.
1: No, and that wolf looks high as fuck. Like... Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to judge you, Wolf, for your activities <laughs> that you partake in. Look,
0: but, Wolf, I get it. It's fucking cold out there
1: today. But when you come into work, I'm going to need you to have your faculties.
0: Hey, Wolf. I'm going to have to let you go because you're way too fucking high all the time.
1: <laughs> Wolf, uh, your piss test came back. I.
0: You're pregnant. <laughs>
1: That's why I don't know I how a dude wolf is pregnant, but <laughs> it has nothing to do with your drug habits, <laughs> it has everything to do with you being pregnant and us just not having the personnel to deal with that right now.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's very obvious that your balls are right there because you just constantly lick them.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's listen, I didn't want to start and make this like a thing wolf, but listen. You just keep licking your balls in front of the customers. I've gotten so, so many complaints.
0: So what I'm saying is I know you use somebody else's pee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me a lot about you, Wolf, okay? And your wolf integrity.
0: So you're gonna have to go now. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, there's also <gasps> some forest
1: textures and stuff, but the the bold. And there's some snaky like, textures.
0: I always love the snaky textures. Yes, and
1: I the thing that I like is the splash of color, like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the thing that the reprint really hones in on. So,
2: I don't know no, that sounds
0: nice. I wish I, I wish I had that copy because it that sounds much brighter and much more like eye catching.
1: It is. Um. And as I as I alluded to earlier, if you have the holographic cover, it all just sort of meshes together into one big gray blob.
0: Yeah, this is gray and not quite gold. It's just yeah. It's I not love the ideal. holographic idea, but the really the color in the middle with the dancer, which is probably meant to be Eliza, yes. that pops.
1: I feel like if you're going to do these holographic colors, like you really need to go hard on. The color itself. The
0: the wolf is a mistake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. That wolf was a mistake. I will not hire a wolf again.
0: (laughs) Uh, So I'm like a quarter of the way through my drink and I'm pretty sure it's just all absence. (laughs) Everything is funny. Like I said, I do like this cover because it's extremely obviously about shapeshifters, but the wolf <laughs> needed some fucking help. <laughs> the wolf <laughs> needed a lot more. <laughs> wolf, color. we're gonna
1: get you set up with some counseling. Yup. Yeah, I agree. It's because then it just makes like the bottom half of it just kind of a, a nothing. You just kind of don't focus on it at all. Oh,
0: yeah. For sure, like, the whole, the top is great, and then it says wolf cry, and then, like, even, like, looking at the shiny cover, the holographic cover from far away, I can't even see the wolf.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, it's just, like, a, it's smoke.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Here's this, like, gray, I don't know, is that an ocean or something down there? Is it a dark pit? I don't think Cliff Nielsen was going for that. So, like, A plus (laughs) to me on the top part, because I love it. F-minus-minus on the bottom. So let's average this one out to a C. And
1: and again, I do think Cliff Nielsen agrees with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love, also I just noticed, there's like fire, but I think it's probably just fabric. But it looks fiery off of her, what is on our side, her right arm coming up over the hawk. Like, I like that little bit too. It's just, it's, it's very pretty.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's Cliff Nielsen doing Cliff Nielsen textures. Layers. More layers. Mr. Nielsen, yeah. we require more layers. <laughs> Cliff Nielsen has so many pictures of smoke, you cannot believe it. <laughs> He's got pictures of smoke he hasn't even used yet. <laughs> you know, whenever you go to like a stock photo site and you Google or you search for pictures of smoke... All taken by Cliff Nielsen. <laughs> now, this is personal collection that he is sharing with you.
0: So you should definitely order those, as it helps support <laughs> Cliff Nielsen, the favorite yeah. cover artist. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we are harping on the wolf, <laughs> we do love him. Dearly. Well,
1: wolves aren't his specialty. Smoke. They're is. not.
0: They're really fucking not. They're just wolves. He's like, eh. I like snakes. <laughs>
1: Cliff said just being like, a wolf, I don't know how to use a wolf, just put the head on there, I guess.
0: <laughs> right? It could have been so cool, it could have been like a wolf in the middle, like a whole wolf as opposed to the whole fucking face, like, it could have been a wolf in the middle of the snow, looking cool, <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself. You know what it looks like, Ollie, it looks like the
1: wolf's high school
0: portrait. <laughs> oh god the ones where it's like here's me in the front and I'm gonna like put my hand awkwardly <laughs> under my chin and then I have like another portrait on the, on the top that's just my face we're missing the bottom part of that picture we need the wolf with its paw tucked under its chin <laughs> and like the ugliest sweater its mother has that she wants it to wear oh wolf you lead a hard life I was wrong to judge you <laughs> I understand why you're high now. <laughs> Let's talk about this book. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> I guess. Oh wait, no, I needed to tell you. I was I was checking it while you were reading the blurb. This book smells.
0: <gasps> I don't know. Does mine? No, mine doesn't because it's uh because it's an advanced reader copy.
1: I've
2: Tell me about yours.
1: When I stick my nose directly in the crack.
2: <laughs> like a wolf, you know, okay, okay, okay. So, need sticky notes.
1: <laughs> This is just how I greet books. This is how
2: I say hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we're we'll only like so 10 minutes, minutes
1: into the recording.
2: I know, I told you, it's like basically all absent. <laughs> 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 ooh, ooh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. So,
0: I'm just imagining you. Oh god, I'm crying. I imagine <laughs> you going to people's houses. <laughs> and being like mm, may I see your book collection <laughs> yes yeah, so which one is your favorite and like cracking it open to me like <sighs> oh, I understand you now <laughs> so you're <32? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, 32
1: smells oh. like you had asparagus last night <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, my stomach hurts. It's, great. it's, great. <laughs> it's a great way to it. Alright, mine kind of smelled when I did that hole in the crack. <laughs> Ew.
2: But I told you, that's what made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you,
0: but I love you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, it smells, but it doesn't smell like book. It what smells... It smell like. Um, like, take the the chemical edge off of latex. Okay. So maybe I'm smelling the... Maybe this is the glue. Because this is... What's the year on this? 2006. So this book is 15 years old.
1: Oh, don't tell me that. 2006 was 15 years
0: ago. Boo. 15 years. Remember? On Twitter, I was like, oh, yes, obscure. From from 20 to 15 years ago. <laughs> uh. Oh, gross. Anyway. Ready to talk about the book? What? I guess. I guess. Okay, so I want to I wanna say a couple things. But first, and most importantly, mm-hmm. uh, I read this book over the past, like, so it's Thursday, we record on Thursday here. I read a little bit on Tuesday, I read a little bit on Wednesday, and I read a little bit today, Thursday.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I finished this book, what was it, like, four o'clock? And we're recording, like, five hours later. I am like Eliza herself with her Sakri,
2: <laughs> slowly
0: losing all of the information that I gathered. Oh, I so that. that's fun. And it's not the absinthe, though it's not helping. <laughs> but, like, I think two or three hours ago, I messaged you being like, I don't know how you're managing to hold any of this. <laughs> it's only been hours, and I'm forgetting.
1: No, and I, I had a similar issue where I had a lot of feelings when I finished the book. And then two days later, I'm like, what happened and why did I care? <laughs> like,
0: I remember being real angry.
1: <laughs> I remember. I had feelings. Don't know why. I had a lot of feelings. I have 67 highlights. I must have cared something. Oh, holy shit. But... You know, a few days. What was it about? (laughs) (laughs) I think a wolf. I think a wolf was in there. I think the wolf was high. Um... (laughs) High.
2: Oh god. Okay. All right. Oh,
0: and then the other thing that I need to say is a um, a bit of transparency um, from me on this book. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't know how much of it's my fault. (laughs) i love that (laughs) listen
1: i may be kind of responsible for this i don't know i
0: could be it's very highly possible that i gave the author bad advice i don't know this was 15 years ago i wasn't as aware of shit back then (laughs) Ollie's like listen you can't that was a different person you can't hold me responsible for this (laughs) no you can but i don't know what if anything i should be held responsible for. <laughs> do, what do I need to apologize for? Right. So, like, I'm not going to take full responsibility for it because I am not, in fact, the author. But, like, Falcon Dance, Wolf Cry, and Wyvern Hale, and then, like, some later stuff that uh, I'd helped with that got published later. I was very strongly involved in the mm-hmm. process. Like, to the point that I'm thanked in several of these, <laughs> you are i w- I was literally looking at that, yeah, the last one was weird to me I'm like i don't remember that
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you' like
1: wait did i did I help with that one did I that was the good one, so yes, I
0: did. <laughs> I wish I could claim that I helped i don't remember <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. you're welcome for Falcon dance no not, <laughs> i don't know, I have no idea um <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have dissociative identity disorder. Half this shit is just like I don't know, <laughs> uh, you know, literally a different person. But if I did, I'm sorry. Are we going to talk about Eliza? Oh, sure. I am Ollie. Eliza is named because I am Ollie. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. That was she was named for me. I don't know anything more about that because I didn't like pry deeper on.
2: Why did you name me <laughs>
0: uh, the the princess? I don't know. And like Betia is named after our friend Fenris, who is I think the person who yep. The dedication Wolf mm-hmm. Cry is dedicated to Bethany Fenris Hopkins for inspiring me to write about wolves. So Bethany, Betia, and Ali uh, Eliza.
1: There's also a bunch of people in like the fourth paragraph who are also characters in this
0: book, like Ryan and and Arkeet, and I don't think Fayette got in here, but yeah, a couple people down in there got got meme dropped as minor characters.
1: You know how weird it is to spend so much time on the den and then to sort of fall away and then to read this book and see Arquite in there and be like, I talked to that person.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, shit, I remember you.
1: That's a screen name that I recognize.
0: <laughs> right? There were other ones, too, where, like, um, I think I mentioned, like, last time, like, so Ray's name, um, but I didn't mention that Ray is Sebastian, and Sebastian was, like, a 40-year-old like a dude hanging out on the boards with all of us. <laughs> wow, really? Yep. Kel's named for an ex. Also thanked in this one.
2: Oh, is Kel named in this one? Mm-hmm.
0: Kel That's for her good. confidence. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Any Carl, things like that. Like, there's a lot of people where it's just like, shroop, grabbing your name. <laughs> right. But yeah, so, like, I I definitely helped on this one. So it was published 15 years ago, which means I helped 16, 17 years ago. So I don't fucking remember uh, <laughs> what advice I gave to to the author. Because um, we were friends. But um, mm-hmm. we dated. At some point. I think I've mentioned this back when we were doing um, season two, was it?
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: um, So, yeah, we're we're definitely getting into territory where it's like, I am going to rip these books apart. <laughs> <laughs> but if any of that was my fault, I'm also ripping apart young Ollie from being a fucking <laughs> douchebag and giving bad advice. I don't know. I'm just assuming that I did. I'm assuming I gave bad advice somewhere. So I take full responsibility
1: of anything that I fucked up yep and uh we'll be laying the blame at your feet so thank you prepare Appreciate for that. that
0: that's fine i'm good let's just assume that anything that's fucked up is my fault on this one okay well which... well, <laughs> I was well like, which we can't because we know how the things go so like i don't know i'm again it's not like i was the writer i didn't have full sway over things i wasn't the editor so mm-hmm. but yeah i do a much better job of being a sensitivity reader these days and we're we're glad for that yeah <laughs> progress has been made.
2: Yay.
0: All right, so I think that was that was all I had to say on on those things. It's just like mea culpa.
1: <laughs> so uh, I wanted to share the thing that I found on the board. Ooh, not the board, the old website. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, with regards to Wolf Cry, because as we have been the past few books, we're trying to use this information to help piece together, you know what what the author was going for. So the first paragraph is. When I first signed the contract for Wolf Cry, it was so badly in need of revision that it barely had a plot. This was a problem for me. Among other things, I was terrified of telling it wrong and ending up with something that seemed to have the moral when life gets tough, give up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but they go on to say that Wolfcry was written during a really tough time in college when they ended up dropping out for medical and personal issues. But that beyond being about Wyvern's court and politics and Eliza, Wolfcry is about struggle. It's not meant to be a political statement, though some of its themes make it easily translated that way Yes, I am from Massachusetts, and yes, I am very happy with my legislature, but that's not the point that I wanted to make with this book. AKA, I get it that it's a gay book. That's that's what's the thing to me. Like, I realized that back in 2006, like, this was a big deal, because there were not very many gay YA fantasy yeah. books. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. I feel like that is not the political thing you should be worried about talking about, but anyway... <laughs> But we will get there. We will. Um, Wolfcry is about expectations. It is about coming to terms with yourself and the path that you need to take, even when that path is different from the one everyone thinks you should follow, even when it's different from the one you always thought that you would tread. And I get that. Like, we're going to talk about the ways in which this book fails its premise um
0: it it fails itself it fails its characters
1: yes we'll we'll talk about how this book fails but I did want to acknowledge that for everything that it fucks up I can definitely see why they thought that was that this was the book that they were writing yeah um because it is very much about struggle and about going off in a direction that you didn't expect and
0: maybe that you didn't want so well and and especially with the information there that wolf cry was um happening during a decision to drop out of college i know that amelia i mean graduated early from high school but that was um this is information that was on the boards too so i don't feel weird um Mm -hmm. that the whole i'm gonna graduate early was because if i don't do this now (laughs) i don't think i could focus and, and graduate next year with my class. So there was this kind of like, oh, okay, you graduated early. Wow, super dedicated. It's like, no, 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 this is hard and tough for me. Mm-hmm. And dropping out of college when it's like, okay, but but high school was hard enough. And like anyone who's been to college knows that college is like differently tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you come from the kind of family that this author came from, you mentioned Massachusetts. You know, it's like, here you are, you were a rich white person from Massachusetts, you're going to college and then being like, ah, ha, 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 I'm dropping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have, That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that puts this book in a lot more perspective for where mm-hmm. the character goes with her choices. Yeah. Um, even though I ultimately don't agree with the choices because there were other choices that were never even mentioned or explored. Sure. But knowing that the author came from I just dropped out of college, and <laughs> I hope I'm doing the right fucking thing. Yeah. That puts this in a whole new light.
1: Yeah, you can for sure see that reflected in Eliza's decisions. It's just extremely unfortunate that Eliza's decisions come with a lot of cultural
0: context. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a difference between I am personally, as a human being, choosing to drop the fuck out of college and... I'm a princess, but I don't want to be anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a princess of two cultures who cannot uh, live together. So I'm going to let them live separately because it just can't happen anyway. Bye. Could you imagine how different this book would have been without the context for the writer? That's a good question. I I do wonder, like, if, you know, life had taken different turns, would this story be different?
0: Yeah, because it wasn't plotted out necessarily before then, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, the series was originally supposed to be, what, one book? And then it was two books, and then it was three books, and then it was five books. (laughs) So it took a lot of turns. It's the kind of thing that is interesting for us here at the podcast with looking at someone's backlist like this and Mm -hmm. seeing, I I guess, the humanity behind Mm
1: -hmm. the books. Right, because it's very easy to, like if I had not gone in search of this information, like as just a reader, I would read this and be like, Oh, this author has some really unfortunate opinions about people. Um, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of, of things that you may draw from the way that this book resolves.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I was so mad reading it.
1: Yeah. You know, and then and, and to find out that, like, no, that this is this person struggling with, like, making different life decisions. Like, yeah you know that that is like oh good so it's not about the bad thing that i thought it was but the bad thing is still in there <laughs> the so... bad thing is
0: still in there and most people aren't going to have the context right that is one of the difficult parts of books right mm-hmm. is all we have is what's on the page
2: mhm
0: and when you have any background on an author you might go oh well he was really struggling with the death of a child at this Mm -hmm. point so you know that's why it's about this that or the other thing this isn't making a comment on society this is making a comment on grief of parents you're like cool but in the book i didn't know
2: that
1: (laughs) yes right exactly
2: gets difficult
1: but i do want to acknowledge like and no, i'm glad you I'm glad you found that yeah right and when we can find this information cuz listen we make a lot of assumptions about
0: people and their opinions when we're reading these books you know we are super lucky to have so much insight from having been deeply involved in either the fandom or the the development of these things on on this particular season
1: right so like when we can find this information i do want to share it because Hell yeah. I want to be as accurate as possible, so. And
0: for sure, like, this author tries. Yep. <laughs> <Sure> <laughs> yes, tries. they do. They yes. do. But Ugh. I'm going to be judging mostly the book. Because so do. was 15 to 17 years ago, and what I have right now is the book... That is firstly fading from my memory. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm like, can I do a recap what happened in this book? I know the big stuff. Stuff happened. Oh, 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 that was something I wanted to mention with this book. Um, Yes. Both of us had the experience of it being very easy to read. Yes. Did read it very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was worried because I've been having having a really stressful couple of weeks as I work on some zine shit Mm -hmm. and hitting that kind of executive dysfunction where it's like, you cannot do the thing until you do this other thing. Mm -hmm. Well, then can we do the thing? No, it's not time (laughs) to do that thing yet. And I'm like, oh my god, please, I need to read this book. (laughs) So I was worried. I was like, holy shit, what if this book is a slog-like snake charm? But it wasn't. So that was nice.
1: Yeah, no, it was a nice surprise. I started reading it on, I want to say, like Sunday, and by like Tuesday I was finished, and I had planned to be finished
0: on Thursday, so... (laughs) Exactly, right? Like, uh, yeah, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for you, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for me. Mm-hmm. And you had commented, I think on Monday to me, that you got like halfway through and were like, oh, I didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going for this one. It, it's definitely an easy read. There's a lot of interesting um, mysteries that keep you being like, Ooh, okay. Oh, oh, new shit. Like, stuff happens. You almost said a steady clip. All
1: right. Snake charm or nope. (laughs) Wolf cry. (laughs) cry. Oh god, are we reading Snake Charm again? No, what happened? Please no. I'm not gonna go beat by beat because I don't remember. So I'm just gonna hit the broad strokes of this book.
0: Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm not gonna open the book then.
1: Okay, good. Don't do it. Resist the impulse. All right. So it picks up four months after Falcon Dance. Eliza. is circling a point where she has to choose a mate. Mm-hmm. She's 20. Yes, she's getting to the ripe old fucking age of 20. People are getting well, how, impatient. Wait, wait,
0: how old was Danica? Do we remember? Was 19. she like 18,
1: 19? Oh my 19. god, she
0: feels so much younger than Danica. Yeah, I I can see that.
1: So she's, she's getting up there in years. Who knows when she <laughs> might die. She Let's needs to produce an heir. Make baby. Continue the species, etc continue the monarchy really that's the important part yeah yeah so eliza has two suitors she has a snake named urban and a bird named maris
0: they might as well be the only fucking suitors in existence
1: oh they yeah i mean like because we saw in the last book where she was hanging out with a whole bunch of guys who wanted her favor but in this book it's just those two
2: mm mm-hmm. and
0: urban finally shows up maris didn't exist uh, maris was the only one who existed in the last book
1: Yeah, that is pretty funny to just, like, be like, oh, yeah, four months later. It's just, you know, I've narrowed it down to these two.
0: (laughs) It's the bachelor, but fucking
2: princess. (laughs) It's like,
1: all right, I only have one scarf left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who gets the (laughs) mellows? Find out next time. It's (laughs) Magia.
1: Surprise. (laughs) <laughs> the most shocking season of The
0: Bachelorette yet. <laughs> she gives it to the camera woman. Man, wouldn't
1: you love that if just like out of nowhere in The Bachelorette, it's just like, boom, suddenly gay.
0: Suddenly gay for uh,
1: the camera girl. Well, because it's suddenly gay because The Bachelorette gets with The Camera Woman and the two bachelors get with each other. Like
0: I know. Oh, I love it. All right, continue because I'll squeak about that in a minute.
1: Oh man, we need to get, Raven, get on this Bachelorette, right fanfic.
0: <laughs> Raven, <laughs> Raven, I'm adding to your list. All right. I'm going to have to write a fucking Good Omens AU, where it's just <laughs> fucking, what if I was a bird and you were a snake? <laughs> I love that. You're doing your crossover fic. That's excellent. What was amazing is that so many people liked it, and they were like, this sounds great, and I'm like, no, it's literally the book I'm reading, <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: like, ah, sis, I don't have to write it. Uh, it's basically fannin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's down to those two. Eliza is in a weird space because she doesn't really feel super compelled to go for either of them.
0: She's like, I've narrowed it down to these two, but they're both dudes. And something about that. I don't know. <laughs>
1: it's weird i just don't connect with it there's no bisexuals here even though it's 2006 (laughs) right so like i you know i will figure well i'll figure it out just give me time give me a minute so the book opens at the fucking avian festival just festival about this yep and we spend approximately like three pages at festival
0: Yep, this is the last time we're going to hang out with the birds.
1: And then we just fuck off to the fucking Dancer's Nest, where everybody lives and everything happens.
0: Right, so I'm constantly pissed, as we know, Mm -hmm. at the way that the avians get treated in this series. Mm -hmm. But as we discussed with Falcon Dance, there's a fucking reason and it's because they weren't fully developed. Mm -hmm. But I'm constantly pissed because... Like, fuck you, Salem, for having your induction into the Dancer's Nest. The first Cobriana in, what was it, 40 generations or something? Or, I don't even know, was it eight generations? Who cares? Um, The first fucking royal snake to be inducted into the Dancer's Nest in fucking forever on the night of festivals so that we can just, like, fuck off to the hills. Right, because the royal
1: family is supposed to be a festival. Like that's just a thing that they do.
0: Even Zane and Danica leave. <laughs> I
1: know it's so shitty. Even Zane and Danica are like, "All right, we've done our obligatory falcon or hawk thing. Let's go back to where, the real, <laughs> Let's like, the cool hang place. And have fun." Yeah.
0: It's miserable. Like I wish that it opened with Maris going to the Namirda. Like why couldn't it have been that? Why did it have to be a snake lowering himself to go to the fucking festival? Like, there's just so many moments where I'm like, if you switched this, one, I would know more. Mm -hmm. Two, it would be more compelling.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I know, (laughs) I don't remember who showed it to who first, but like Urban is at the Hawk Festival, like as support for Eliza. Um, and there is an avian matron who pulls her child away from him, and I'm it's like, man, always the
0: fucking avian matrons yeah. take a fucking shot. That <laughs> was you. I was like, I'll be dead by the time this series is over, <laughs> With how many shots I have to take for avian matrons being like,
2: my babies. <laughs>
1: it's just it was so it was just so on the nose for what we've been talking about for the past like three podcasts yeah like Uh, you
0: could write a fucking bot to write that part of the book
1: oh my god that and then the the misuse of the word exotic like a few pages (sighs) later was just like why are you doing this to me
0: specifically (laughs) (laughs) this is everything we've railed about (laughs) again it's back
1: it's haunting me. Anyway, so uh, Urban hangs out with Eliza at the Hawk Festival, and then they go down to see Salem be inducted into the Dancers Guild. And they're joined by Maris, the bird, who is sort of challenged to go with them because Eliza's like, yeah, um, Urban came into the hawk part of town with me, even though it makes everybody here uncomfortable. Like, And I really admire that because I myself am half hawk.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd die also if you didn't notice Emma am a part snake.
1: <laughs> so, like, maybe if you came and hung out at the snake thing, like, that would give you that a few more points.
0: Right? Like, the first one to 100 points, and Buddy, he's ahead.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's really how she's doing it. Like, she has no other way to decide on which one, so she's just, like, keeping an invisible scoreboard. She's like, mm.
0: <laughs> I would love if she actually had been. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. So
1: they go to the dancer's nest. Um, I loved this part because Salem's fiance danced like a sexy little dance for him to like announce their relationship.
0: Rosalind was like, I'm super hot.
1: (laughs) And Eliza just gawked at her the entire time to the point that like Urban comments on it where he's like, What do I have to do to get you to look at me like that? And it's like, Well, buddy, bad news. Well, you're a dude. <laughs> I, lo-
0: I loved that because I felt like that was a perfect little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could remember, you know, just like the development of this piece. is like, oh, is this is this for real? Is this here for reasons? Mm-hmm. Like, because we know, looking at this author's, like, this is the eighth book we've read by Amelia Atwater. Read. Sure. And we know they're not great with romance. Right. Like, if romance happens, it's accidentally there. <laughs> um, To the point that we're all like, Maris and Urban, totally ship it. <laughs> right. And it's like, because you put all the beats in. <laughs> <laughs> right. The tropes are accidental. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, is this purposely gay? <laughs> we don't know. But it's really good to have Herbs being like, girl, hot. <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, wish somebody would sexy dance for me. <laughs> but only girl. Just girl. It's weird. I'm not just gonna girl. think about it anyway. Any girl. Right. So I don't think I mentioned this last time, but I know I've mentioned it to you a couple times. I want nothing more, having started, you know, having started reading the series and then reading Falcon Nets, I just wanted Eliza to be the fucking heiress or opera singer or whatever it is who like seduced men's ladies. So just like seducing um, uh Julie Dobney? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. So it's like seducing all of the the avian ladies away from yes. their alistair's and like having to fucking duel Challenging them. Challenging guys to duels, yes. Yes. I, I would love have that. loved that for Eliza if she was just like, I'm so sexy, but goddamn these fucking avian ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that too.
1: That is a much more lighthearted story than the one that we get.
0: Yeah, because it would have been Eliza acknowledging her sexuality early on, which I don't believe that she doesn't know that she prefers the ladies growing up with the serpents, where there's, like, this level of sexuality. There's even a moment where Urban makes a joke to Maris that we don't hear, of course, because it's YA, that is clearly Urban hitting on Maris. So it's like, Mm -hmm. sexuality is fluid for these people. Why doesn't Eliza know that she is only interested in women?
1: (laughs) I... I don't know. I could also see Eliza being like, "No, I have to choose my king specifically."
0: I wish that had come up more though, then. But like, like I said, she could have been not harmlessly. But she could've, she could have been wantonly seducing, you know, ladies being like, "What? They're not going to be my king. I have to find a king to produce heirs. I'm 20." I've gone through puberty. I want to get off with the ladies. <laughs> maybe
1: snakes don't hit puberty until like 19 and a half.
0: Oh god, they hit puberty and then like five years later they stop aging.
1: Well, we discussed this because Nysius mm. hits falcon puberty at like 19. <laughs> That's so true. maybe this That's is true. just a shapeshifter thing. I guess. So, there's also a point later in the story where we find out from the Obsidian Guild that Keisha and uh, Maeve were lovers. Yes. And... Good foreshadowing. But, like, Eliza has no response to that. And...
0: That's true. That's true. To me
1: that says that that's not weird, right? Because, like, if you were... If the revelation is, like, oh, surprise gay, then you would <laughs> expect Eliza to be, like, oh, surprise gay! Right? Be like, Kisha, My
0: ancestor was
1: a bi? Right? But it, she just sort of glosses over it. So, like, is it a thing or is it not a thing?
0: I, I wish there was more, and I know that it's the time period, right? Because this came out in 2006, and... It wasn't really in books at the time yet. Like, obviously, they exist. I'm not saying they don't. Mm -hmm. But mainstream YA, you didn't just have casual gays too much. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much about this book I wish was written five years later.
1: Yeah, I can see that. All right. So they go to Salem's induction. Eliza has to leave briefly because of some trouble with the neighboring wolf pack. Um, And when she comes back, Urban and Maris are in a fist fight um, because, you know, Urban hit on Maris. Urban
0: hit on Maris while they were dancing because Urban was teaching Maris. This is the most important plot line. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I won't gloss over this one. Yes. Do not.
1: Uh, Maris accepts Urban's challenge to, like, learn how to dance because it's something that Eliza cares about. That means they touch. (laughs) They they touch. They do, like, the dirty dancing thing where, like, one is behind the other and he's like, no, move your hips like this.
2: And Maris is
0: like, that better not be your fucking erection. (laughs) I like how Maris, the hawk, says, like, is that your dick, dude? Is that your dick? (laughs) And everyone's like, do you want it to be?
1: (laughs) No. I mean,
0: no. I mean... Um. (laughs) We will talk in a couple of weeks (laughs) after I have furiously masturbated thinking about this moment (laughs) like eight times a day. So they get into a fight because Urban makes an inappropriate comment because he's being a dick. He is is on purpose being a dick. He's not actually hitting on Maris.
1: Right. No, he's
0: being a jerk. He doesn't realize he's actually hitting on Maris.
1: We also have to differentiate this from all of the times that snakes say inappropriate things, not on purpose, but still inappropriately.
0: Yeah, it's weird. They know what's inappropriate, but like sometimes they mean it. And Maris is like, "Mm, no, I'm just being a dick because he's a bird. Right. So they get into a fight. It's a big scene because
1: Siv has also come down to the dancer's hall and her Alistair is there and he's like very uptight and not okay with this display. Okay, which
0: is the weirdest fucking thing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that he has been like raised avian and whatnot, but mm-hmm. clearly Siv hangs out in Wyvern's court a lot with her niece, let's just call her cousin. Um, With all these people, right? Like, she's clearly fucking cool with Wyvern's court and crossing, like, I almost said the gender divide. The cultural divide. <laughs> the two genders, snakes and The pop. two genders, snake and bird. And <laughs> so the idea that her Alistair is such a fucking, like, his asshole is super tight <laughs> is weird to me because I feel like all of these kids, all of this generation no one could be chosen who isn't going to be fully fucking for cultural exchange.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of questions about why there isn't more of a cultural exchange, like why Yeah, it's it's
0: I hate it. It's the part that I've like I said, it's like I'm juggling. No, I promise you this is what juggling looks like. <laughs> well,
1: and I didn't want to get my joke in that his asshole is so tight and that's how you know he's not from
0: New York. <laughs> Thank you, because I was literally doing the thing that she does with her hand, but you can't see it. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. And another one just got off the train. So. (laughs) It's the jokes don't mean when I get. (laughs) That is 90% of this podcast. And the other 10% is Raven. <laughs> I appreciate that Raven listens to us. <laughs> and that anybody else listens to us. Look, if you want us to say your name as casually as we do, Raven. I know, right? You have talk to talk to us, talk us, to us <laughs> right? yeah. We'll We'll talk about you all the time. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you, you can tell he's not from Wyvern's court because his <laughs> asshole is so tight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so.
2: Uh. Okay. I love you.
0: (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) So, what were we talking about? So much booze. Um, so we were talking about the fact that it doesn't make sense that Prentice doesn't understand oh. the cultural exchange because he's like, how dare? But then everyone comes to Salem's help because they're like, uh, a bird of the fucking Chardae lines. Um, Alistair just like threatened our almost king. So right? we go. like
1: we almost went to war
0: with the Falcons over a dancer. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Anyway. 20 years ago, right? You think you're gonna hit my boy? I don't.
1: <laughs> the important point is that there's tension between the birds and these snakes because of this little dust-up and that Prentice is a jerk.
0: Isn't Civ like 16? Something like that. Sixteen uh, or seventeen. This is where we start to get some serious Romeo and Juliet vibes, right? We're just like, you're all high schoolers. <laughs> right. You like you guys should not be in charge. No,
1: not at all. So Eliza has to go do some, some shit. I
0: don't even know. I oh, do no, Go meet Tavison.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. They brought a message from the wolves. So she has to go like talk to him. But the important thing that happens is that while she's doing that, she is like flying back from the meeting or whatever. And she sees a person uh, hurt and she flies down and she finds out that Urban has had a hate crime done to him in the bird side of town.
0: Yep, and it's never called hate crime, it's kind of not treated that way. Which, but it is, and it's like, it, they're going to start a war over it, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they're more like, somebody beat the shit out of my little brother. Yeah. I, I don't but, know. It's weird. It's treated with respect, but also not.
1: Right? It, it's weird, because they frame it almost... I don't know, because they talk about how he's, like, on the wrong side of town,
0: and... They're like, no, this is Wyvern's Court. Everyone can go everywhere. Like, I get why they built the North and the South. Like, I get that because you have to be like, here's a place for you to do your culture. But there is, and this is, again, back to the juggling, there's not a blended center. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's the markets. Okay, what does that look like? Does anyone have houses here? I'm basically just picturing a big, empty marble square. Yeah. So, like, if I live on the north side, but I live right by the marketplace, and the snakes are literally across the square from me, am I in the blended part of the society?
1: Right, and then there you know, certain classes. Things come into it too because typically, like if you're talking about the center, that's kind of downtown, right? Which is typically, yeah, like rich people tend to live away. But that's a that's a whole bunch of other stuff. It it's it a lot matter. of the class stuff that never comes up in the series. Right. And then you look at it and it's like, is it different for the noble birds versus the lower class birds? Do they care more? Or do they care less? Never addressed.
0: Who's noble? Is anybody noble? Is there royalty beyond the royals? I've got a lot of questions on the world building.
1: Yeah. So hate crime. Very bad. Eliza's very worried because she knows that this could start a war because Urban is a dancer. And that you know the dancers, they go hard. <laughs>
0: And they gossip, in case you didn't know. Yeah. I'm going to mention it five times. Right. Because she's extremely worried
1: that the dancers are going to spread word about Urban you know, being attacked.
0: Yeah. I hate, uh, like, his leg was broken and, like, that seems like the worst part of it, too.
1: They say that if Nicias hadn't been there to, like, heal him, he probably would have died. Like, right? they they killed this guy.
0: Yeah. They beat him so badly, he would have died if literal fucking magic hadn't been available to him. Right keep that in mind so <laughs> that gets forgotten so like i'm not gonna
1: forget it so Eliza's extremely stressed she's trying to ha- handle it as delicately as possible without like devolving back into war so she goes to like this place where she's trying to like de-stress and hi walks in and she's like hi this is the opposite of what i needed right now and hi is like no 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 literally not the time (laughs) i'm here to save you from yourself you're about to do something weird and i'm magic lady if hi had just left her alone (laughs) none of this plot would have happened right but the plot needed to happen so yeah fuck you hi so hi comes in she's like whatever you're about to do don't do it eliza's like bitch what (laughs) you make literally no sense i'm so stressed right now i do not need to talk to you and your weird passive-aggressive riddles she starts to dance to de-stress which i get but is a real weird thing to picture
0: especially since it doesn't get described
1: i just sort of picture doing like the fucking robot in the middle of this like store you know (laughs)
0: The Kieshera, but every time they dance, it's the <laughs> it's robot. The, robot. <laughs> the Falcons do the sky robot. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Their wings just kinda of flap, flap, <laughs> flap, flap, <laughs> flap. No, they they do like a helicopter. <laughs> Oh,
1: me too. Anyway, so she starts doing the robot, and her magic, like, <laughs> sparks with Hai's magic, and she blacks out, and when she wakes up, she's laying, like, face down in the middle of court.
0: Which is not where she was. She was in the rookery.
1: Right. Like, she, she has lost time. But is there, right? Because mm. she says, I thank oh. you not to do that again. She comes back twice. She comes back, like, immediately after it happens, and Hai's like, what the fuck? And then she blacks out again. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm remembering. Yeah, it happens twice. Okay, Um, fair, fair, fair. So she wakes up, she's like, what the fuck? And before she can figure out what the fuck, she's kidnapped.
0: No. Because Urban kisses her.
1: Oh, right, because she goes to cuddle with him.
0: Yeah, she like goes to check on him. And then he's like, what if sex? That's right. That's
1: right. She goes to check on him after she blacks out. And it's when she's walking home from that that she's
0: kidnapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. important to me. I feel it's important because of the gay.
1: Right. Because she's, she's discovering that she's just not into, you know, urban. Yeah. Just urban. Um, There's a very on-the-nose scene when she's being kidnapped where she goes to the center of Wyvern's court. And she sees a statue of what they thought a wyvern would look like. Mm -hmm. And it's really, like, beautiful. And Eliza's, like, wyvern form is a terrifying monster. (laughs) Right.
0: She's like, no one can look upon this form without cringing. Right. And so
1: she's literally looking at, because,
0: you know, the book is She's hugging it. Well, the
1: book's about expectations, right? So she's literally looking at her parents' expectations
0: of her and just yep. being like, I'm not that. Especially with the context that you gave at the beginning that is extreme on the nose.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, after I read that, I was like, "Ah." I drew this picture. Oh, did you? I drew a picture of her hugging the wyvern.
0: It just was a really nice image to me. It is. I was inspired.
1: I think that's one of the parts I highlighted where, like, it's a it's a good scene because, like, it's, it's yeah. very evocative. It's raining. Eliza's oh, in, like, right? her monster form. Like, she's having a real emotional moment here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love the, like, I heard bare feet slipping on the, the like, rain-wet marble. Like, it's mm-hmm. a really good scene. It's sad. <laughs> it's, it's
1: one of the few that you can kind of see in your head.
0: Um, yeah, I would agree.
1: So, while she's doing that, she is struck over the head, and she's kidnapped. And they shear her wings. So, she can't fly away, and she's thrown into a cart, and she's also poisoned, so... (laughs) <laughs> so sucks to be you, Eliza <laughs> <Yeah>. for Brianna. <laughs> yep, you're fucked. Uh, so weeks pass. She's in this drugged haze. She keeps waking up and trying to argue with the person who kidnapped her to get them to let her go. She eventually realizes that it's the lion, uh, the mercenary group who were in her town before
0: delivering that their wolf message. Oh, right. Her parents had like run off to go try to help Kalisa, the wolf uh, right. alpha. Of the nearby Vahamil, I think it
1: was. Uh yeah, that sounds right. They were like, uh, we're leaving you in charge of the house. Please don't throw a party. <laughs> she's like, I won't instead I'll get kidnapped by myself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave the door front the front door open and I'll go. get to piss off. Bye. So she's drugged and dragged away for weeks until the mercenaries are intercepted by a local wolf pack who are angry at them for hunting on their territory. And Eliza escapes and she sort of runs in a, a drugged haze until she is
0: uh, rescued by a wolf. Where oh, she was like, I woke up and there was a wolf there. And I realized if that wolf had not been there, I'd have fucking frozen to death. <laughs> right. And she also quickly
1: realizes that the wolf is a shapeshifter because it like listens to her and stuff.
0: Yeah, she's like, I can feel the humanity in this this shapeshifter. I'm pretty sure they're human. Uh,
1: the wolf takes her to the wolf's tribe where they sort of take her in and sort of help her recover a little bit. And she finds out that these are the Frektane people who are a wolf tribe that she's heard of that's like really far away from Wyvern's
0: court. Yeah, like she's
1: used to the Vahamil with
0: Kalisa, but these people are way more north.
1: <laughs> right, way more north. It's very cold. There's snow everywhere. Like it's not a, a place that Elias is prepared to be the mother and the brother of the wolf who saved her take her in and sort of try to get her a little healthier. But uh she comes into conflict with the not leader at that point, but like the son of the leader at that mm-hmm. time. Velio. Long story short, he tries to rape her. And it's never fucking called that. Nope, even though she's not the only one. And it's never fucking called that for her either. And it's extremely tra—like they don't name it. Like it's extremely yeah. traumatizing, and they recognize it as being traumatizing, but they never say <laughs> the R word. Yeah, and like I
0: like that's a choice. But I've read plenty of YA where they say it, <laughs> or even just say, "I, you know, I was assaulted."
1: I don't think they ever say it because even when they talk about it in Hawk Song, they just say, "Oh, that thing that you're accusing me of is something that we don't." tolerate it's just
0: like left extremely obvious right like you know what it is yeah he's like i think i'll join you here tonight eliza and she's like i don't think that's appropriate he's like aren't you a um s-l-u-t she's like (laughs) fuck you he's like don't you snakes fuck everybody isn't that a thing that you guys do your half serpiente is absolutely used for like slut shaming
1: yes So he tries to rape her. She has to run away.
0: It's a pretty tense scene, too. Yeah. So, like, if Betia, the wolf, has gone through the level of trauma that she has that makes her stuck as a wolf. Because, like, this shapeshifter doesn't switch back to being a human when she realizes, oh, Eliza, you're warm. Like, she stays a wolf. Mm -hmm. And the brother comments, like, four months ago, um, she had a falling out with our Alpha's son. And she won't come back and she won't be, you know, she's gone, um, feral, I think is the word you would use. (laughs) And if that's what happened to her versus what happened to Eliza, which was, there's a fight, like, he's trying to throw her onto the bed. Like, if that's what happened to Eliza, we know he probably succeeded in assaulting Badia.
1: Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that the Fractane and the wolves in general are, like, explicitly coded Native American.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Like, this is something that was discussed openly, like, on the website,
0: so... Which makes it just harder, too, because, like, one, obviously, the Native Americans don't exist in where this is all taking place in the Mediterranean, but two, there's a lot of murdered and missing Indigenous women, like, Mm -hmm. just historically and today Mm -hmm. in the United States and Canada, so to have Betty have this as part of her history is like
2: oh that's
1: not good at all <laughs> well and it's also like your native american male character is a rapist like this is great i love this it's also <laughs> really gross because one of the things that eliza acknowledges i think like in this scene is that the thing that velio tries to do to her is something that carries like a death sentence for both hawks and snakes. So, like, both of the civilized cultures agree mm.
0: that rape is bad. But, like, this is the first time we heard it about the hawks, too, because, like, I know it's difficult to think, like, oh, yes, of course, all of the hawks, all of the birds understand that you wouldn't do this because they're they're so civilized and they're so restrained. But, like, I don't know, because of the fantasy world that it's in, have they ever had a case of that? Like... I mean, they had to have to get that rule, right? I guess, but it was... The way that the that Zane brought it up to Danica, it sounded like this was a thing that ever happened for snakes, but never did for birds, which seems not likely. It's also incongruous when you think about like the hate crimers
1: reasoning, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, 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 for sure. You're taking the Native American characters and being like,
1: meh, he's the leader. Right, and the, like, the Frectane tribe are very brutal. They lead exclusively by force. You have to murder the leader and then you take
0: over. Felio even comments like, oh, you were born to royalty. Uh, We have to seize it. And she's like, well, but Frectane means blue eyes, I was told. And you, that was like eight generations or something have been it. So you said, and he's like, well, that's because we have privilege ultimately. Yeah, I know. I love how
1: he was like, well, you know, we're educated to be leaders, but if somebody dragged themselves up by their bootstraps, they could be the leader instead. It's such a, like, wonderful brief encapsulation of, like, privilege. But then, you know, it's not, it's not important. The The nope. important thing is that the Fractane leader is bad.
0: Bad, 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 bad.
1: Oh, also worth mentioning is that we get a cameo from Lameda.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you picked that up.
1: I know that was a big deal before the books came out of like, oh, you guys are going to get a cameo from a Den of Shadows character in it Wolf Cry. It doesn't matter. It's literally nothing. There's a cook. Her name is Lameda. They don't ever say that she's Ather, but she's Ather.
0: Yeah, from the first book, In the Forest of the Night, the vampire. Whoopity-doo! She was a wolf shapeshifter once upon a time. Right?
1: And I think it's literally something that, like, after the book came out, people were like, what was the cameo? Like, who? Right. If you had said
0: this is Ather, then people would be like,
2: holy shit! Right. But you but
1: used a different fucking name, so... So like where's my easter egg? Anyway.
0: <laughs> where's my easter egg?
1: So, Eliza runs away from her encounter with Velio and heads into the woods. She can't fly because of her clipped wings, and she can't shapeshift into a snake because of the poison. So she human. Oh, baby. She has just her human abilities. So she runs off into the woods. She's eventually joined by Betia, and the two of them do like a fucking Eliza of the wolves for a little bit. (laughs) They're, like, wandering through the forest together, like, making fires and hunting and... Eating fish, eating rabbits, eating deer. And this is presumably where they start to
0: fall in love, which... Is weird, weird. because she's
1: literally a wolf. Because she's a wolf, and she doesn't talk.
0: Yeah. I love... I'm being sarcastic. That (laughs) your love interest doesn't talk, and... The protagonist gets to just fucking talk the whole time and be like, gosh, super loving people just fucking listen to me. <laughs> I have some feelings about this. I don't like it.
1: It's just so, like, once again, our love is in montage, right? Because it's just a lot of Eliza being like, oh, and then I told Betia about all of my troubles at Wyvern's court. And I told Betia about, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then Betia is just like there, like, bringing her wolf. fish and, you know, wagging her tail and... <laughs>
0: Not like you speaking. fell in love with your pet. She's your pet. You love <laughs> that she's your dog.
1: It is. It's very strange. You know. Eventually, Betia does turn human, and they
0: do spend some time interacting. Because Liza like is so sick with poison from running for like fourteen days. Like she says, it must have been a fortnight. And I'm like, how did you not fucking pass? Like, how did this not happen on day three? Right. Like she she makes it a
1: really long time while being poisoned. Um, but yeah, eventually she does pass out and Betia has to turn back human to take care of her, but still Betia doesn't
0: talk. It, It doesn't make any sense. I wish, like, I know that there's a comment about, oh yeah, sometimes when they're, when they go feral and they do manage to get back, you know, some of them never regain human speech. And I'm like, I don't love it. Right. It's just
1: weird and awkward because what you have is somebody who's falling in love with somebody who's literally just taking care of them. And yeah. listening to them talk about
0: themselves. And I, and I don't like that. I don't like it at all. She's a sexy lamp who can take care of you. Like, you're falling in love with someone who's a caretaker. hmm And you're trauma bonding. And you know that that has slowly but surely become my least
2: favorite <laughs> fucking trope.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they
1: go to some lengths to try to make that not the case, right? Because, like, really? as... They spend time together, like, they they cuddle a lot, like, they dance together. When they get back to Wyvern's court, like, Betia shows her ability to, like, hang out with both the snakes and the hawks. and Because, of course, she is not herself a snake or a hawk,
0: so why would she have any of their prejudices?
1: Right. And there's explicit attention drawn to the fact that Betia doesn't care that Eliza is a wyvern and that she's, like, the princess. It's like the, oh, you don't have any... Expectations of me, so she's yeah. trying to make this relationship work, but it's just because Betia is so. What did you call her? A
0: broken pixie dream girl.
1: Yeah, there's some really gross stuff where Eliza calls her like a forest spirit, and it's like, no, oh my God. she's just like you. She's a human being, Eliza.
0: Like yeah, she went through some trauma that you won't fucking call sexual assault. Thanks. Right. She even at one point, like when she's human again and before she gets sick, Eliza gets sick from the poison, she's like, your mom and your brother really miss you. Maybe you should go back. And I'm like, holy fuck. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. And you're like, family's the most important thing. Like,
1: fuck you. Well, and eventually she's, by this point, she's put together that she was raped. Like, she's like, this is probably what happened to you. Like, you fell out with the This is probably what
0: happened, but I'm still going to encourage you to return to the Rectane tribe. Right. And eventually,
1: Eliza takes on caring about Betia's trauma. Like, because at the very end, they get a confrontation with Valio, where Eliza, like, threatens to murder him if he touches her girl. So, like, there's some reciprocation there. Yeah. But like, otherwise, it's just a lot of Betia being there
0: for Eliza yeah. and Eliza's goals and Eliza's future. And what the fuck is Betia's? What are Betia's goals? What did Betia want to do? Stay with we Eliza. Know from the brother, you know, to make sure that Betia can talk to Eliza in her language, Um, that she previously had been the one who had learned Wyvern's court's language mm-hmm.
2: from I don't know.
0: (laughs) But like that she taught him all of the language that he knows because the Fractane or someone from our tribe knows each of the areas language. That's a good idea. But Betia was the one who previously knew it and she had been teaching her brother everything that he knows that Eliza Mm -hmm. talks to him about. But like, what are her goals? She clearly had... She's smart. What does she want out of her life? And yet, instead, she's just cast as this character who just supports Eliza's choices. Yeah.
1: The only information that we get about Betia as like a person like as her interest is the stuff that we're told about her at her tribe and that makes her sound like super cool like she's the best hunter she's a good leader like she's good with languages like those are all the reasons that frictane chose her to be his mate but it's never
0: that important you know yeah i i know i messaged you at one point about the ending where she's like um you know i just feel it in my gut blah 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 it's in my heart Eh." i'm like no communication communication is sexy talk about your feelings don't just be like in my heart i knew like right Betty's whole thing about oh words fade i'm like no fuck off
2: talk
1: please. that is why even though i i understand what she's going for with this relationship and i can see the parts where like she's trying to make it work it doesn't work for me no even though i do think some of the scenes that they have together are sweet
0: they absolutely have some super sweet scenes together that are some of the most sweet mm-hmm. in the whole series. Yes. But again, trauma bonding, mm-hmm. not great. I cannot condone <laughs> the way that this plot goes. They've known each other for a month at most.
1: Yeah, they have not been together long before they mate for life. So Yeah, and I'm like,
0: I don't agree with this
1: <laughs> so they spend time together eventually they come across the obsidian tribe who are the exiled vipers the descendants of mave the mave raw you might say Oh, the Marum.
0: I'm going to hate when we
1: get to those books. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Let's never do anyway. it. <laughs> let's never, never have that season. Um, let's only have these
0: Obsidian Guild.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, gross.
1: Okay. So uh, they fall in with the Obsidian Tribe. The Obsidian Tribe take care of them.
0: They were nice. I liked them.
1: Yeah, they bond a little bit. They Once again, they don't have the expectations of Eliza that everybody at Wyvern's court does. You know, yeah. they just want to dance with her. And they very specifically say like, oh, you can do a sexy dance for us. And like none of us will pressure you to be our mate.
0: Right. If you want to do a Rosatah, fucking go for it. We don't <laughs> right. care. And she does. Oh, and um, it's important to note that the reason they're not just fucking murdered is because she's wearing the online necklace. Mm hmm. And like it was nice to see that come back from Snake Charm. Yes. So they were like, Ah, oh, dancer, yes, welcome. And she's like, I'm not actually a dancer. And they're like, Somebody thought you deserved the necklace. And they're like, Cool, I'm gonna appreciate not being murdered then. Right.
1: And and that once again, like the the universal respect for the dancer is
0: yeah. something that comes into play because it's also how they got like Kel back. Exactly. Exactly. Being like, Nope, dancers can't do it. Which which I enjoy. But on that note, where the fuck is Aisha? Where is Tadeo? These people who were supposed to be, like, fucking important to Wyvern's court back at the end of Snake Charm? Where Mm -hmm. are they? I know they're not dead. They can live for hundreds of years.
1: I mean, they're not important. That's the answer to that. Except that
0: Aisha said she, I think Aisha said, I might be wrong. (laughs) But I think Aisha said that she would have moved to Wyvern's Nest to, like, to build it and support it. And obviously, Tadeo would have been there. Like, it could have been really fucking easy. Voleen gets name dropped. Mm -hmm. It could have been really easy to name drop Aisha being like, my teacher, Aisha. (laughs) Yep, but they don't do it. But they don't. Anyway, moving on.
1: So one of the things that happens while they're with the Obsidian Guild is that they learn the Obsidian Guild's version of their creation myth. Yes. Which is important because we're still taking our fucking, what's it called, magnifying glasses out. And we're like, are the Falcons right? (laughs) Is their version of history correct? Mm -hmm. And we find out here that Keisha and Maeve were lovers, which we mentioned previously, elicits no reaction from Eliza.
0: (laughs) Reactions from Eliza? No comment. (laughs) All right, moving on
1: snakes were, were by oh who knew oh I'm, I'm sorry her eyes widen when they say <gasps> that but it's just my eyes widened keisha had been the first cobra that's it,
0: <laughs> that's it. right right it's not <laughs> keisha was in love with a woman first and then her lover seduced this dude Guys, the myth is different now. (laughs) No, it's my eyes widen. You're talking
1: about my grandma? Anyway. (laughs) So uh, their version is that Keisha and Maeve were lovers. Keisha was upset when Maeve seduced Levin to get their shapeshifter forms. So she refused to forgive her and married a dude instead. (laughs) Fuck you, I'm by now. (laughs) As you do. Um, <laughs> I guess. So Maeve got
0: real upset about that. No, Maeve got fucking depressed is what Maeve did. Yeah, Maeve got depressed. Like, literally. It says, uh... She, like, turned to Anmeek and was like, dude, I need the good shit. Could you just make it all go away? Right. Anmeek the dark god who
1: is on Hamorak's opposite, grants the numb peace sought by a man or woman whose love has turned elsewhere.
0: Okay, so Raven, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> And Meek needs to be the drug dealer who just is like, babe, I got you. I can give you the numb piece. So uh, Maeve
1: succumbed to that and Keisha's people drove her away. How shitty. I always hate that. Well, so the thing is, once again, we're back to was it the snake's fault? The snakes drove Maeve away, knowing that Maeve was the one who kept the balance between Anmeek and Anhamarak, and they drove her away, which feeds into the Falcon's perception of them as not capable
0: or of understanding, like, their own powers, right? I guess. It, it seems really interesting, and I know that, like, the snakes treat it like fact, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wish there was more information, because if she was balanced... If she was balance, why would you force balance away? And why wouldn't you be, like, talking about that shit? Right. Why wouldn't there be some scholar who was like... Because, alright, so, mm, back to the fucking hawks versus the, the snakes, right? I know I always call them hawks, even though they're avians. <laughs> um, Valine, who was like, Ooh, it seems like the Seal of Alistair and the Onlay are very similar. And Nicola was like, get the fuck out. No, like, mm-hmm. literally, you're fucking banished. It's always that way, right? There's never a fucking snake who was like, so I think we need to work on balancing because Kisha and her people pushed Maeve out. Mm-hmm. How come there's not a snake who's like Baleen, who has like been pushed out by the Cobriana? Uh, because the snakes don't do anything wrong? Never do anything
2: wrong. <laughs>
1: But for me this is a situation of like this is what the author is telling us right like these are the the tidbits that the author is giving us and oh look at that they line up with the falcon's version of history
0: which is I hate the bad. word of god so much <laughs> this is bad in this series
1: yeah the word of god is 100% the problem anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they uh, are chased by the lions out of the obsidian camp. So they go back on the run, go back to doing their hatchet routine until they finally get taken in by the Vel... Vel- Vahamil. vahamel
0: Yeah, but Betia's like, shit, Velio's here, I gotta go.
1: Yeah. Betia fucks off because Velio has also made it to the v- uh, Bahamut. Bahamil. Yeah, the thing you said. So <laughs> they send a messenger back to Wyvern's court so that they can get Eliza because by this time, Eliza has worked the poison out of her system. So she gets yep. her snake form back in a very anticlimactic,
0: oh, I got my snake form back. Oh, my God. I'm, she's like out Obsidian and She's like, my snake
1: form returned, but not my bird. I was sad. Right. Because she spent like a lot of time angsting about whether or not she was going to have either form.
0: Yeah. She knew she was not going to
1: have the hawk. Right. And she's like, am I going to be a snake? What if I can't be either? And I'm even less. What if my privilege is completely removed? Right. I'm even less qualified to rule over the birds and snakes. And then she's like, oh, by the way, my snake came back. Because, of course, the snake is the only thing that fucking matters. So they send a messenger. And while she's there, she finds out that everybody at Wyvern's court thinks she ran away because they found a note saying she ran away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was like don't fucking follow me peace yep i'm I'm going
1: so she goes back to wyvern's court and she finds like stuff is,
0: is not in great shape mm. wait i did want to mention that it was a really weird scene to me that danica like flies up to see her and is literally there for five minutes
1: oh yeah i know they're like danica no we need you back at wyvern's court and she's like uh, uh fine yeah,
0: we're just like I just needed to make sure it was really you and you were here and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, you literally are like, hello, daughter, hug and then leave. This is super awkward. I know. Why did you bother at all? Yeah, like why? Why didn't you just wait or why didn't you travel with her? Like it, it comes back to the whole problem we had in Snake Charm, where Zanika.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: exists and it's like you can't be separated from each other for too long Mm -hmm. if at all
1: (laughs) right because then they'll like stop existing
0: yeah and so it's like I've got to get back to your father or he'll have like a panic attack I guess (laughs) (laughs) right so we could have had a scene or several scenes of Eliza traveling back to Wyvern's court with Nicias and her mother and actually gotten to know older Danica I know. This character that we knew and loved from the first book. Yeah. And instead they read really fucking flat. Like, I just want to go on fucking record that <laughs> Zane and Danica have no personality in these books after the first one.
1: Yeah, I think in this one particularly, they're just there to be like parents, parents to, to have those expectations.
0: Yeah, I know I messaged you being like, we were completely fucking robbed of seeing Zanica raising Eliza. Like, we didn't get to see what kind of early parents they were. We didn't see them dealing with her being, you know, like a tween or a teenager. And I hate that because I really feel like those characters deserved a chance to do that because Mm -hmm. I don't think we would have had the issues that we had in this book if the author had explored them realistically dealing with, so our kid is going to grow up and how do we want to deal with that? No, for sure. Because you skip you know
1: 20 years then as you said you don't have to think about how wyvern's court functions in those 20 years you just have to think of how it functions now and what you need it to be now for you to tell the story that you want to tell exactly exactly whether it makes sense or
0: not yeah and i don't think it makes sense
1: (laughs) yeah so she goes back to wyvern's court she finds out that in the time that she's been gone they have arrested the people responsible for
0: the hate crime because like Adelina and Carl before them they just confessed.
1: Right, they're so, everybody's so fucking loyal to their monarchs, except you know that they're not.
0: Because the futures we see prove that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Danica is basically assigned to them to community service which is a questionable decision. Bull
0: fucking shit.
1: Yeah, and in the time that they've been gone, returning to the important subplot, Maris is being kicked out of his house for being gay.
0: (laughs) I mean, um, friends with a serpent.
1: it's <laughs> literally, it's so, it's such a fucking allegory. It is, it's the best fucking plot in this whole series. It is. He's been kicked out of his house for being friends with a serpent and spending time at the dancer's nest.
0: They're like, you're gay and no girl is going to want to marry you. And he's like, maybe I don't want to marry a girl, mom. I don't want to date girls. I want to d- suck her, but it's- <sighs> no he doesn't he's too chaste for that he's like i want to dance with
2: urban i want to hold oh. his hand oh i want to walk with him
0: in the moonlight and write him poetry <laughs> i'm like i love you you're small child you're so good right so uh urban yeah. wants to suck maris's cock that's oh, yeah, basically for sure. all he yeah, wants. yeah. i mean nobody wants a relationship too
1: yeah yeah so um <laughs> maris has been living in the dancer's nest with his boyfriend urban i
0: love it's so canon it's extremely canon it's like urban was able to finally like walk out of the nest and like maris was right there to see him and i'm like ah i don't think you i think you're skipping the part maris and urban where maris was definitely there like gently dabbing your forehead with a damp cloth while you Sat through the worst of the pain, and he right sang you songs from the northern hills. And I'm like, you're so in love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, while you were gone, Eliza, we fell in love. This is a rom com.
0: This is absolutely a rom com because I actually punched him in the first act. Right.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that's what we've been up to while you've been gone, Eliza.
0: We've been living on our rom-com fantasies because you wouldn't involve yourself with them for 20 years. So, Eliza
1: comes in. um, She's reunited with Betia. I think the- Oh shit, we forgot. Betia
0: and the Melos.
1: Oh yes, while she dances with the Obsidian Guild, Betia gives her a Melos.
0: A white Melos with gold, thread, and gold, as we know from Rosalind and Salem, signifies the eternal bond of a mated (laughs) couple right and uh, Eliza spends a lot of time thinking
1: about how ah, it's just a, f- a gift
0: from a friend yeah just so a we're friend. friends this gals being pals <laughs> Eliza's telling herself she is and it's hilarious and everyone's like you're lover and she's like guys Stop, we're just friends she's <laughs> a wolf <laughs> oh wolves God. don't know but okay, yeah, I would absolutely go down on her, <laughs> which Eliza would do. And even though it's never mentioned, how come how come fucking Nicias gets to fuck Lily in Falcon Dance, but Eliza and Betia snuggle and hold hands? You know why. I do know why. Yeah, she, uh,
1: Obsidian uh, brings Betia back to Eliza, and they spend some time together in Wyvern's court while Eliza tries to calm things down because people are still upset about, you know, the hate crime thing where a snake almost died.
0: <laughs> Remember that thing? Yeah. And uh, also the fact that we thought you abdicated, like, yeah. literally that night. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, like, it's, a, it's a bad stupid scene. Stupid pain in the
0: ass. <laughs> so
1: Eliza um goes to see the hate crimers. And... <sighs> It's It's the worst. It's so awkward, right? Because, okay,
0: the hate crimers tell Eliza... And they're like teenagers. They're like 16, 18, and 19.
1: Yeah. None of them have lived through war. Like, none of them should have a good reason to hate the snakes, right?
0: She even comments, she's like, I doubt any of them even lost a parent or a sibling to the war.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Eliza's like, what the fuck, guys? (laughs) And the problem is that they have a valid point. OK, well, I mean, especially when we consider what you and I keep talking about. Right. They present our case about the fucking snakes, right? They say, OK, listen, Eliza, we're definitely racist and we're not going to like quibble about that. <laughs>
0: and we did a hate crime. It's and we true. definitely did this.
1: But these snake dudes keep propositioning our Avian ladies and kissing them. And groping them. They steal kisses. The 16-year-old talks about his 14-year-old intended right. And he's like, we had to move back to Hawk's Keep because she's afraid of being raped. Like... Yeah. You know, and they they say like, oh, yeah, I know other people like my sister, friends or whatever who are also they're afraid of the fucking snakes because the snakes steal kisses and touch them inappropriately. And like Eliza says, wait, are you saying that snakes have been assaulting birds and nobody's done anything about it? And they're like, well, listen, there's been no P and V. okay?
0: yeah. Yeah. And we know snakes only consider P.I.V. to be the thing that needs consent. Everything else seems to be on the table. Right. But their
1: point is that, like, our girlfriends and sisters and moms, because we're doing that, it's very gendered. Oh, yeah, it's only the ladies.
0: Even though Aisha was the one
1: who was super sexualized in Snake Charm. Right. Well, and and they do say that, you know, I can't go for a walk in the moonlight with my girlfriend without being propositioned. So, like, maybe it's them too, you know.
0: (laughs) It would have been nice, though, if they were like, I go and I walk and then the fucking lady snakes are like, hey, boy, hey. Right. And it's
1: like basically like cat calling. Right. It's like walking in the street in the city and being harassed constantly. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Not
0: great. That's fucking valid. OK. Right. That part. Valid. I think they even mentioned they're like they don't understand that like if they steal a kiss, like maybe that person has never kissed anyone.
1: And that's. That's part of the problem, right? Because, like, here we have somebody making a criticism of the snakes for the first fucking time. And it's the fucking hate crime group. And it's the fucking hate crime group who almost murdered a dude for no
0: reason. For being on the wrong side of town.
1: Yeah, they say, like, there's one part of Wyvern's court where we don't have to deal with harassment. And we're gonna basically, like, beat up any snake who gets into our safe space, right? (laughs) so like it's it is definitely a hate crime like urban wasn't doing anything he was just walking he was going to apologize to maris
0: i know because he loves him (laughs) he was literally on his way to maris's house and got was like i thought i knew where he lived but yeah i was clearly wrong and then they (laughs) jumped me it's like i'm just here to see my boyfriend (laughs) So they're making a valid
1: criticism, but then, because God forbid there ever be a fucking problem with the snakes, they also say, oh, we've been doing our sensitivity training and we've learned. The snakes probably don't realize it. Like, they probably are not doing this maliciously, and as we've said, there has been no V rape, so it's not that big of a deal. What is consent? What is boundaries? And it's like, why are you making excuses for them? Why can't it just be that the snakes are making the hawks uncomfortable and that's fucking valid?
0: Yeah. Like, I wish they hadn't done the fucking hate crime. That'd have been great to not hear these words from them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why does it have to come from these mouths of the people who beat a man to death? Yeah. Minus magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why can't it have just been a hawk? or, I mean, we keep saying hawks for avians, but why can't it have just been an avian being like, look, I really love living at Wyvern's Corp, but my young wife here or my young husband here keeps being assaulted by snakes and you people, you fucking monarchs, keep saying, oh, it's just the snakes way and they don't mean anything. Well, in my way, (laughs)
1: that's not Mm -hmm. cool. Right, exactly. Like, we can't have this discussion without it involving hawks who were just so bigoted against
0: snakes that they have to almost kill one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And honestly, the fact that it's like sensitivity training, this is part of the juggling act of no, I'm holding a ball and I'm moving it up and down and up and down. This is what I'm telling you is juggling. (laughs) How come all of the birds weren't doing sensitivity training? How come all of the snakes weren't doing sensitivity training? Yes. Everybody who is Eliza's age or younger, or or within her age, like someone like Salem's age and whatnot, all of these kids, all of this generation, should have been learning. That is, slash should have been, the fucking point of Wyvern's court. I could absolutely understand if it was like, oh, well, I come from the Hawk's Keep, and, well, you know, they're a little bit more traditional, and I didn't have to learn... I know Wyvern's Court exists, so I did a little bit of learning, but I don't know everything. But if you are, like they said they moved from Wyvern's Court. Somebody mentioned, I don't remember who, but it was like, oh yes, traditional upbringing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but how could you have a traditional upbringing in Wyvern's Court? right what the fuck did you do
1: danica and zane did you literally just build the pavilion and that's it like why are there not kids it feels like it going to school together like why are they not friends with these people from childhood like what was the
0: point danica and zane kids don't have these prejudices it's built into them by their parents and if their parents, like, you know, like, even if they go to school and whatnot, maybe they still end up with the the same things. But someone was mentioning, like, maybe it was Maris's parents who were soldiers. But they still fucking moved to Wyvern's court and raised their son in Wyvern's court. And Paris is her foremost avian suitor. Mm-hmm. It makes no
1: sense. So the other problem is that it's very all or nothing, right? So, like... By the end of the story, we get to a point where Eliza just says, it's not possible to, to cross these lines, right? Like, these cultures are too different. So it's not even a matter of just, like, this small percentage of avians... Can't cope, or the small percentage of serpents
0: move back or
2: something.
1: Yeah, it's like everybody just lives on their separate sides of town, and nobody's trying to integrate them together. There are no programs in place.
0: (laughs) Again, where's Aisha? Where's Tadeo? Yeah, I would have been way more interested in the story of Wyvern's Court from the perspective of someone who was like a middle class or poor in Wyvern's Court, but you know those don't exist here. (laughs) You're a merchant or a royal. The end.
1: Yeah, not important. But yeah, it's just it's very frustrating to have these things come out and then just be used as ammunition for why they can never get along.
0: Oh yeah, the whole like they could never do this. They could never do that as they always would. What was the literal fucking last page? Hold on. blah 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 as they always had as they always would <sighs> like the word always, the word never, is just so ham-fisted in this series.
1: Yeah, because there's a place that the author wants to go, and we're gonna get there, goddammit, whether it makes sense or not. And the idea of,
0: imagine this series, if it wasn't in the same world as the Den of Shadows, mm-hmm. just... A world that could have been whatever it needed to be, instead of trying to fit it into what the Den of Shadows said they would be 2,000 years from now. And that's something that is
1: a big part of the problem, right? Because we eventually, as, as we've been saying, that Eliza, you know, abdicates, and she abdicates because she doesn't believe that these two cultures can be ruled by a single person and live in a single court right now. And the idea at the end of the book is that maybe someday, in generations, we can. The problem with that is that we know that that's not the case. We know that it literally never happens. It never happens. When we see them again in the Mavra, they are at odds and maybe at war. They're at least not happy with each other. And we know that the Kishara itself evolved out of the Midnight stories. So we know that, that she started from a place of these cultures are at war i'm going to find out why yeah and so we know that they she never intended for them to make up even though that's where eliza ends this story like yeah which is
0: why it's like i messaged you being like we didn't need a fifth book it's true i stand by that comment we didn't need a fifth book we could have just fucking ended here the problem is that i'm assuming from my memory we need the fifth book to get us to where the den of shadows goes Because they don't make peace. Like, whether or not this is generation knows peace, the next one knows peace. Ultimately, they don't. Mm -hmm. They don't make peace. They don't mingle their cultures. The fact that in 20 years, no non-Cobra, non-Hawk pairing existed. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen because the author decrees it so. Right and
1: because they have been designed by the falcons to be incompatible <laughs> which again just reinforces all of the falcons' decisions
0: that they made for them it's miserable yeah i think that this series would have done a lot felt like the series would have done a lot better but the series with like in the text would have done a lot better to have been divorced from the material because then we could have actually told the story that hawksong set out to do right. which was how do you bring
1: two cultures together
0: that seem so different?
1: Right. And it's not even that. It's like, why do you, why do people hate each other? And by the end of this thing, we find out that they hate each other because their cultures are just too different and there's nothing that you can do about that. Like, is that really what you're peddling? And
0: somebody else designed you to be that way. Is that
1: what you take from 9-11? <laughs>
0: why? <laughs>
1: because I
0: know we look at this whole series from that perspective. Well, and
1: how can you not when that's like what inspired them to really get to the meat of Hawk Song? is like, why do people hate each other? And then we find out that the author doesn't understand, at least not at this point, why people hate each other because they just made some fantasy bullshit up about why these characters hate each other. Like, it's not real.
0: And that comes through clearly in Falcon Dance. And that comes through as a big hand wave shrug. In Wolf Cry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
1: So we're not even finished with fucking Wolf Cry. Okay, look. Right. We got distracted by being upset. Yes. So um she has this discussion with the hate crimers. She goes back to High, who is has been I think Nicias said like High can maybe bring your wings back. So she goes back to High, they merge magics. They call me Hami Ha. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they do the fusion dance. Um <laughs> I think Hai is trying to force change her. Like, I think that's what yeah. she's trying to oh, do.
0: Oh, I did want to mention that, right? So, Haya made a comment before this scene about, like, Nicias. if you were brave enough and skilled enough to force change, hold up. We were told in Falcon Dance that force change is akin to rape. Mm-hmm. And here's <laughs> fucking Haya being like, this is if you would like mentally rape your friend she could get her form back yeah if you're brave enough and skilled enough to do that like what like either this is a thing that is uncomfortable or this is a thing that is an assault yeah (laughs) which fucking is it
1: yep so high tries to fix her wings and she does and then Eliza's like, "Wait, maybe I can fix your no, wings. what if
0: I did it for you too? <laughs> and I's like, "Whoa, fucking
1: no!" I's <laughs> like, "No, stay away." Um. So they spark magic again, and we see basically what happened to Eliza the first time they sparked magic, except this time we we see it. So Eliza sees like four futures, right? Uh, I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah, because one of them is very brief. Right. She she sort of. One.
1: It's like a nightmare scene, like she rolls from one terrible future into another. I think there's one where she takes Urban as her mate, one where she takes Maris as her mate, one where...
0: She doesn't know, but Obsidian is
1: now, like, this is their land. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 because she she lives in a fortress somewhere and it's implied she's some kind of warlord. Um, Yeah. And then one where she takes one of the Obsidian guild as her mate.
0: But not a viper.
1: No. A Burmese uh, python. A python. And they're all terrible. <laughs> Everything is awful.
2: Everything, Everything
1: is hurts. terrible. In in one, like, all of the birds die. In the other,
0: all of the snakes die. Right. Okay, so wait. In the one with Urban. They kill Urban. Yeah, he was killed within, like, two weeks. And then Eliza killed herself? So? so? But, but they were like, I don't really believe that. Right. And... The one where Obsidian was in charge of Wyvern's court and no one was around, we don't know. The one where she chose Maris, someone, like, fucking hate-crimed the nest, the the dancer's nest. That was really weird, because they said that, that was, like, like the most painful of them for me, personally. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, the snakes realized they weren't welcome here. And someone was like, the fuck you say? I was part of the crew that took the bodies out of the nest. I'm like, "Oh,
1: Oh, yeah. That was mad dark because they did, like, a fucking, like, crystal knocked
0: on them. Yeah, basically we were like, yeah, no, you know, people just decided that no one would care. And I'm like, this is not great. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, no, that
1: one was really weird because it was really detailed. They were like, Eliza chose a bird, so the birds decided that she preferred birds. She must eat snakes. And that no one would care if they killed all the snakes. So they did. They killed all of the dancers. Yeah. And then she killed herself, And then she killed herself. Yeah, she killed herself in that one. I don't remember about mm-hmm. the first one.
0: I don't remember the first one either. And Siv was in charge, but Danica had gone to, like, the Snakelands to find Zane and got mm-hmm. murdered on the way. Mm-hmm. And Nicola was poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that one was, like, extremely dark. I think the Warlord one was the one, because, like, when she fell into the Sakri, mm-hmm. she saw Six weeks ago, Eliza see warlord Eliza from the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that one must have been the one that Obsidian was from.
1: Yeah. And then, so she's so bummed out. She's like, show me one where I choose love and there's not war.
0: Spirits, tell me who's that unfortunate wretch. (laughs) Tell me that their name is not my own. There's still time, isn't it? Oh, it's Christmas Day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she's flopped into a future. Where she finds love and takes a mate. Two different things. Um, Two
0: different things as we find out.
1: So in this one, she has a child who is unfortunately coded. I hate it
0: so much. I hate this character so- so much
1: it's very tropey i feel like this is probably a big fantasy trope right where someone is so powerful but they cannot they're eternally a child it's like the the kid from the fucking twilight zone like the cornfield one like i'll throw you into the corn (laughs) yeah it's that it's that except unintentional so yeah, she's, so in this one, Wyvern's Court is, oh my god, this one is really detailed too. Wyvern's Court doesn't exist, and it's just like the falcon's like magic land. like um, Yeah,
0: she was like, I was still in Wyvern's Court, but all of the buildings looked like, I guess that's gotta be falcon magic, huh?
1: And only her Burmese python mate and her daughter live there. That's miserable,
0: that means you're... He has to be in charge of everything. Oh yeah, this is a literal hell. Like I feel so bad for this character who doesn't even get a fucking name.
1: No, it's just the the Python dancer. Um, because they couldn't bind this kid's magic, so the Falcons came to like deal with it. And while they were there, they literally killed all the adults.
0: Yep, they all, took the, all snakes, the kids back. All the hawks. Like, you go back to the Hawks Keep. You go back to the Serpiente Palace. Fucking (laughs) do-over. Reset. The Falcons did a genocide. (laughs) They really fucking did. Because they can't kill kids. Kids are
1: precious, but they can re-educate them. Mm -hmm. This one is also extremely dark, because the Falcons just raise Wyvern's court. They raise the kids under their own indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Only Nicias and High survive, and
0: Eliza's daughter kills her as an infant. From her magic. And even the Burmese python is like, she didn't know. You can't blame her. and It's like, no one's blaming her.
1: It's so gross because here again, we have this unchecked magic
0: of this mixed breed child. God, again, I would like to murder every time they say like mixed breed. Right. And they don't say that in this
1: one because it's Eliza and Eliza doesn't think that because she is a hawk snake. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there, right? Because this is what the Falcons were afraid of. And oh, look, your fear is justified because this fucking infant killed its mother.
0: hmm Eliza, if you have a child, it will murder you. Yeah.
1: So Eliza comes back from this and she's obviously devastated because she literally just had the worst four minutes in the history of existence.
0: <laughs> everybody dies. Everybody dies. All your friends are dead. You're dead, too. Have fun. <laughs>
1: I did think that it was interesting that she came back and she's like being held by Betia. And the first thing that she says is like, where were you? Yeah. In all of these futures that I saw, you weren't there. I must have sent you you away. away." Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting concern for her to have because I feel like, man, there are other things you need to worry about. But (laughs) I also think that it's very sweet. For her to be like, I saw all of my futures and you weren't in any of them. And for her to be, like,
0: devastated by that. So, I did have an interesting thought. Well, I don't know if it's interesting. I had a thought. I had a thought thought, um, about the fact that she saw these futures. Mm -hmm. But they're probably the futures that six weeks ago Eliza saw. And six weeks ago, Eliza never would have met Betya. So, like it would have been and obviously it never would have been happening but it would have been interesting to know if like if it was clarified that this is six weeks ago eliza's sacre or is this current day eliza's sacre
1: i mean i think we're meant to assume and
0: eliza assumes that it's current day right i guess but like the beginning makes it confusing because she sees six weeks ago eliza see warlord eliza
1: right well and maybe that was the only one that eliza saw maybe she just saw the one where she went to war and except that she
0: woke up or er, she had nightmares shortly after about fields of butterflies and that was k's thing about like i want to chase the oh, butterflies that's right daddy don't you see the rainbow and i'm like I hate this child so much. <laughs> yeah, when she was snuggling with Urban, she woke up from a nightmare about something about
1: butterflies. I think that that's a fair fair thing to be like, wait a second. I think that, that the book thinks, and the book wants us to think, that this is just the
0: future. But, like I said, the comment remains that six weeks ago Eliza never would have met Betia if she hadn't seen these things. Right. And none of this would have happened if I hadn't wandered in being like, don't fucking do it. Don't do what? A sakri. Sakri sounds real great right now.
1: Fuck. Right. Well, I think the idea is that if she didn't do the sakri, she would have picked one of the dudes. And then this stuff would have happened anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. But let me, for probably the 10th time in my life, go Uh on record and say how much I hate characters who can prophesize. Mm -hmm. I just hate it. A lot, <laughs> so much. Nothing good comes of it, and um, we saw that in the last book, and we saw it more in this book, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be front and fucking center in book five. So, like, I'll go on record two more times next time as well.
1: <laughs> All right, we're good. This is so interesting because I remember nothing about Wyvern Hill and. At this point in Wolf Cry, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What more is there to do? Like, what
0: is that book Right, about? I mean, that, as I mentioned, I don't think we need a fifth book. <laughs> Where we are now, we could just end here being like, oh, all right, well, Wyvern's Court was a failed experiment. Okay, good to know that the last three books didn't matter and these characters can never be together. Um, <laughs> can't do it. Word of God. Right. I
1: I feel like the fifth book is just going to be like a book long epilogue or something. Like, I don't That, that seems right. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Anyway. So she, <clears throat> she sees these things. She realizes that she loves Betty. She's realized that she loved Betty a, a, a bit back Um, because Velio yeah. comes to visit and he's like, oh "God, I forgot, I don't care about your preferences or whatever. And she's like, preferences.
0: I'm not gay. What are you talking about? <laughs> but anyway, I'm not gay. I'm ace, but definitely homo romantic.
1: <laughs> so she realizes that she doesn't want to be without Betia, but she's probably gonna have to give her up. Whatever. Um, and then she realizes, oh shit, I have to do something to prevent these futures from happening. uh I just don't know what. So she hears that the lions were arrested, the mercenaries that kidnapped her. So she's like, okay, I gotta go talk to them. There's a lot of convenient
0: shit that happens in the last four chapters. Oh, yeah.
1: So she goes to talk to them, and as she does, she realizes, oh, shit. I kidnapped me.
0: It was me. It was Eliza all along.
1: (laughs) And like, that solves the mystery of like, why the letter that said that she ran away was written
0: in her own hand. It's because she wrote it. (laughs) She's like, damn, whoever wrote this, like, really fucking knew how to forge shit. Wow, they're saying stuff that like, maybe I would have said. Who would fucking write this? (laughs) Child. Who could possibly?
1: I do like this solution to this mystery because there's been a lot of time spent with Eliza being like, what could justify you kidnapping the fucking Princess of Wyvern's court and bringing the right. armies of the hawks you and knew serpents? You would fucking go to war. Like, why would you do this, you dumb piece of shit? <laughs> You ridiculous lions. I hate you so much. <laughs> and uh, you find out that it's because Eliza asked him to, and the lion was just a good enough guy to be like, okay. Can fucking do, I guess. Right? I guess I'll risk, you know, the wrath of your
0: two kingdoms. Because you're the one who did it. <laughs> right. So when I read this the first time, which is funny to say, right? Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I I helped on it. Mm-hmm. But I remember, because it didn't, like, necessarily work on the words. I, I did a lot of like, yeah, let's go out to eat and we'll chat <laughs> mm-hmm. about what's, what's your current problem. Mm-hmm. All right. I remember being so confused by the fact that it was her mm-hmm. and the fact that she was super gay for Batia. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I was just like, no, they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Gals pals. I guess. Right? So at the time I'm like, I don't, mm, that kind of came out of nowhere, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then the whole like, it was me. I did it, but definitely on second read now. Yeah, no, I see it. This shit is all completely foreshadowed. It's mm-hmm. in there. The way that the lions treat her early on, the way that they're hunting her, being like, "Eliza, please stop running." Eliza, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you asked us to do this. Why are you yeah, making this right? so hard? He's like, I just can't tell you that you told me, but I would really fucking like to. Like, it's it's it is seeded. Yes. you know second read it's seated it's yeah. there it's it's like um you know first read of, of in the forest of the night versus second read yes. you're like oh yeah no that's totally Alexander sending the fucking notes right
1: yeah no i i think this is an interesting solution and time travel can always feel kind of like an ass pull but the fucking falcons with their ass pull magic like <laughs> it barely registers anymore yeah. yeah 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 so uh she says you know let this guy go i killed me <laughs> Right. Let them go. It was my money. Right. Oh, shit. (laughs) I've got so much to explain. So then she realizes what she needs to do, right? She realizes, like, this is
0: where it goes wrong.
1: Yes. She realized why she removed herself and that she did it on purpose. And she realizes, like, oh, I'm starting to forget. I need to fucking wrap this up. Right. She's like, the book only has 30
0: pages to go, so we should probably wrap this shit up. Right. So.
1: I I love the next few scenes because we've talked about how, like, the pacing from this series can be a problem. But in this one, like, you feel the rush of it, and I appreciate it.
0: It it does what Snake Charm tried to do
2: Mm -hmm. and failed
0: at. Mm -hmm. Where, like, remember when Zane and Danica... I'm just gonna call it. Remember when Zanica Mm -hmm. ran off to talk to Nicola about, like, Wyvern's court? It feels like that, except, like it actually mattered that this shit was done fast. Right. And like, you
1: can do it now because they're all
0: in the same place. (laughs) Right. Wyvern's court. You, it would probably take half an hour to walk fully from one edge of the Northern Hills to the Southern Hills, like half an hour, max. Most people in the Northern Hills to get to the fucking center of town, 15 minutes. Like, no. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super easy. She's a wyvern. She's just like zip 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 zip. Yeah, I love it. So she she goes
1: and she's like ah, 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 Sif, Sif, can you be queen? Yes? Okay, cool. What? Yeah? <laughs> sure. Okay. Salem. Salem. Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm i first of all let I'm me apologize. I'm so sorry.
0: You love being a fucking hedonist who doesn't have anything any he responsibilities. Has to do. I'm so <laughs> but sorry. But what if responsible. (laughs) I guess. Okay, sure. Could
1: you? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, great. (laughs) Okay. And then she
0: proposes to Betia. Mm, But wait, I want to take a moment at the end of the lines before she does her (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Siv. right. She says, I kissed Betia's cheek and whispered, I will meet you in the nest. There's something I must do now. I love you. And then like it skips to her being like,
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like,
0: I hated that it's like, there's something I must do now and alone, Mm -hmm. but I love you. Because then, what you're about to say happens, and it really undercuts everything. This whole proposal is bullshit, Johnny, because she already said I love you. And it was like, gotta go, honey, I love you.
1: Right, because... Bettya had confessed her love and they kissed, but Eliza had been like, no, I have responsibilities. I must
0: spit out babies.
2: Yeah.
1: And Betia was like, well, I'll go if you tell me to go, but otherwise I'm, I'm sticking with you.
0: Yeah. She's like, we are end game. Okay. And I just don't know how to reconcile this kind of anticlimactic love confession that then leads into a big dramatic proposal. Right. Just cut those three fucking words. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she goes back to the uh, dancer's nest. She uh, finds Betia. She's like, Betia, will you make me the happiest wyvern in the world? And Betia says yes. And they have an Betia audience. says, wolves mate for life. And Eliza says, so do wyverns. I know that because I'm the only one. I can decide. I um,
0: choose.
1: <laughs> All of the other snakes are there to watch it, and they're all like, eh, I, I guess that's
0: fine. I love where Urban is like, we were teasing about each of you being fuck buddies. Um, <laughs> nobody thought that was real.
2: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> um,
1: But they they all think that she is going to part with Betia to take a, yeah. a dude as her mate. So she's like, okay, guys, get everybody to the square. I got an announcement to make. So then she's like... <laughs> Mom and Dad, I need you to go down to the square so I can make an announcement. And Zane's like, you're not going to tell like us first? And she's like, nope, nope. And, he, and I, I do like the symmetry of her being
0: like, mm. this is exactly the same thing that her parents did to their parents. <laughs> And it's true, because it's just as fucking dramatic.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Nobody in the Sade-Cobriana line is allowed to make an announcement again <laughs> without telling their fucking parents about what they're fucking announcing.
1: That's the first rule that Eliza makes. She's like, we will talk about everything.
0: The first rule of Wyvern's Club <laughs> is we, we talk. talk about everything.
1: <laughs> so... She gets up on stage. She makes a very dramatic, very problematic Oh my god, it's so dramatic. It's so problematic. So she gets up there. She's like, all right, guys. So here's the thing. You guys are jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all suck, and I hate being your queen. Like, I would love... I imagine this all is very, like, passive-aggressive. I would love to be your queen. Unfortunately, you won't let me. Some people just can't get along with their neighbors. So guess what, kids? We don't get nice things. (laughs) But she literally says...
2: She literally says it.
1: I've been a fool. (laughs) She says, I have tried to make...
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna read it because it's fucking problematic go for it we do dramatic readings on this podcast
1: i've been a fool we dreamed of a world in which these two kingdoms would become one but that's all it was a dream ruled by the logic of dreams which like you're not wrong clearly your parents did no planning
0: oh my god we'll talk about that
1: i love the southern hills of wyvern's court I love their dance. I love their laughter, their comfort, their expression. I love their passion. And I love the Northern Hills, liar. I love the <laughs> rhythm of- lyre. nobody likes avians. <laughs> I love the rhythm of the skies. I love the debates, the music. I love the simplicity, the beauty of shy romance. I feel like that's when like, somebody's like, you have to say something nice. And she's like,
0: I like the <sighs> skies. I like um flying. No, no, no. About the culture. I like uh debates and your music. I like your simple lives, you simple people. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like your shy romance. I should have fucked more avian girls.
1: This is also literally
0: the nicest thing that anybody has said about the avians this entire series. As anybody who's been listening to this season can attest. True.
1: (laughs) So, I love this entire world. I love these two worlds. And that is what they are. These two worlds are different. So different that I do not know if they can ever be made one. I cannot Mm. say that one set of values is superior.
0: Wait, hold on. I want to note, you just skipped a whole page of her fucking (laughs) monologuing. Oh,
1: I did, because it's not relevant to
0: what we're discussing. No, no, no. But I just want people to know. She... (laughs) Doesn't shut up. No, she goes on. Um, This is why she loves Betia. (laughs)
1: Because Betia will not fucking interrupt her.
0: Betia's like, yawn, let me lick your face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just lay at your feet and you can keep talking. I cannot say that a child should be raised one way or another. I cannot destroy one culture to assure that there is no strife. I should not, and I will not. So all I can do is give you to yourselves and let you live side by side, each generation trusting a little more.
0: I would be your queen if you would allow me. I would be honored to lead you. But now I do what I must. And then she disappears into the sky. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> not true. Not true. So, like, we see how that's
1: framed, right? Like, she's literally yeah. saying two cultures, separate maybe give it a hundred years and we can like talk
0: to each other like, over the fence the phrasing i cannot destroy one culture to assure that there is no strife like what do you think is happening here off. yeah cuz the world is so filled like our our actual human world it's only got one culture right like we've destroyed every other culture <laughs> right <laughs> all of the other cultures have lost and now there's only one like okay you and i live in the united states there's different cultures in different parts of the Fucking United States, and it's we're one country. I know it's this falcon bullshit it's
1: prescribed. It's these falcons saying we created you to be opposites. You will never be able to coexist. And guess what? Literally, fate told Eliza that this was true. They told Eliza that these two cultures will
0: destroy fate each other. Suck my dick. <laughs> they can eat my whole ass. <laughs> Just get right in the crack. <laughs> Sniff it. <laughs> this is my crap fate. <laughs> you suck balls and I hate you and you make this book terrible.
1: Yeah. Like what what is more fate than the fucking like hand of God, right?
0: Like this is God yeah. telling us I showed you four futures. Okay, even Doctor Strange like <laughs> looked for the one that worked, okay? I know, right?
1: I they should have had high being there like none, zero no (laughs) but i hate it no it sucks it sucks because it takes agency away from the fucking cultures themselves it's it makes the past three books fucking useless it does we discussed it before but like this is where you get from like what happens when two cultures who have been warring for a long time like stop warring you come to they can never be friends? Like, this is a bad thing to
0: take from nine eleven. No! Yeah, and, like, I feel like the farther, of course, it got away from nine eleven, the farther it got away from that starting point. Right, because we're in
1: 2006 here.
0: Yeah, so it's like, okay, you've had five years of this, but, like, okay, even if we assume 2005 was when this was written, mm-hmm. you still have four fucking years. That's a long time. Please look back on your thesis statement Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. realize that what you're saying is
1: awful right realize these terrible implications and like we we had that discussion earlier about expectations and about you know dropping out of college and like that's a different story that you're telling here that's your personal story but like the story of these cultures that you started right you have a responsibility yes like this is what happens when you tell a story and don't think about politics.
0: <laughs> it wasn't meant
1: to be a political statement. Hate to tell you. <laughs> it is. It's literally like if you don't put something in there intentionally, then you get real bad unintentional shit. Mm-hmm. Ugh.
0: Alright, anyway. Anyway, anyway. Yes.
1: Anyway. Okay. Everybody is shocked. She abdicates the throne. She abdicates to Civ.
0: After everyone was like, We didn't think you really did. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Psych. Psych. I actually did. Um, she abdicates to Civ in Salem. Her parents are shocked. They're very parents in this scene, right? Like, God, they are not Zanika at all. They're like, oh, just because it's hard. And Eliza's like, uh, not why I did this. I'm going to go be with my mate. And then Betia comes up and Danica closes her eyes. She's so shocked. And I'm like, Danica.
0: Yeah, Danica,
1: fuck off.
0: Like, thank you for revealing your homophobia.
1: I know, right? And Zane's like, listen, just because you got, like, a little thing on the side doesn't mean you can toss your crown. And I do appreciate that Eliza stands up to him about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's... What did he say? Actually, I want to look at that. Because she... That was a good moment. (laughs) Which is hard, because we're in the end and there's not a lot of good moments. I know, right? Finally, my father sighed, Eliza, this isn't necessary. If you aren't ready, then... I winced and said, if you were referring to my leaving, it is necessary? I know that you may never understand it, but please trust me. I am the daughter you raised, and I am doing what I must for the sake of our people. And if you were referring to Betia, you should be careful. I know you're upset and shocked, but I love her. I won't have you treat her like she's some kind of excuse.
1: That's very good.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that she was like, this is not gay for the summer.
1: <laughs> right. I'm not running away with my girlfriend. Um, Yeah. I mean, I am, but not.
0: I am. I'm I not, am not, absolutely you know. running away with girlfriend.
1: But not in an irresponsible way. I'm doing this for you.
0: Yeah, which is still not great, but at least she stands up and is like, "Fuck you," <laughs> right? And you know,
1: she she says goodbye to Nicias and she says goodbye to Maris and Urban. Yes,
0: who who are together? They're absolutely 100 percent together.
1: <laughs> and then she and Betia head out into the forest because Eliza doesn't want to be in
0: Wyvern's court, like distracting authority, right? <laughs> people might be so confused she might take power away from Salem and Civ. So
1: they head out into the forest and they're met one last time by fucking Velio, who's still hanging around. And I
0: probably am the reason that I'm so sorry.
1: Where you fucking go, Ollie? I just, I tried but I... Listen, it, it does make sense because this has been Batia's thing, right? Like, this is why she's been silent, this is her well, she, trauma. She
0: needed a moment, but even this moment doesn't fully
2: work.
1: So yeah, Valio's like, fuck both of you. Um, and Betia, you know, stands up for Eliza and, and stands up to Valio and says like, oh, he would never understand sacrificing for his people. And Valio threatens them. And Eliza's like, I will poison you in your sleep.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm not a queen anymore. I don't have to be political with you. I will do a murder. Right. This is not an act of war. This is just
1: personal vengeance. And I will do it. Uh, And she scares scares him off, and he runs away. And so, Baetia doesn't really get a chance to confront him.
0: Nope. And be like, you raped me. Nope. And the two of them disappear into the forest with a poof. They fuck off to go hang out with the Obsidian Guild, who accept them unconditionally. And I was like, that seems really fucking awkward, but okay
1: right that's some kind of like imperial butt in right like oh we did banish you like thousands of years ago but i'm gonna come hang out for a while <laughs> i can summer here
0: right you are the princess of two cultures but sure i guess you can live in our secret fucking hideaway You're right
1: so that is wolf cry
0: nope yep. yep sure fucking is Yep. Let's talk about the fact that there was always another option. <laughs> okay, go for it. So, Betia is extremely set up to be a character that could be Eliza's mate, you know, from the from the get go. But they choose to fucking leave, and one, you could have set up a fucking triumvirate of power, mm-hmm. of saying, "I will rule Wyvern's court, and anyone who wants to stay here can." Salem. I would like you to continue the, the Serpiente tradition and be the Diente. Siv, mm-hmm. I would like you to continue the Avian tradition and be the Tulithea. Let us, the three of us, work together because we're all fucking related, even though Salem and Siv are not.
1: We're all friends.
0: Right, right, we grew up together. We're, you're 16, he's like 21, I'm 20. We're all friends. You could have had a it. There's no fucking reason for her to abdicate completely except that she wanted a fucking honeymoon period I
2: guess.
0: (laughs) But Betia could help her bridge the gap and it continues the tradition kind of set forward of being like, we're a melting pot here at Wyvern's Court, everyone's (laughs) welcome blah blah blah, even falcons even though we didn't really see that for poor (laughs) to abolish the fucking monarchy (laughs) there's no need I message you being, like, all of the bullshit of Snake Charm with Danica and Zane being like, My child will <laughs> reign on the throne! Wah. <laughs> like, all of that is completely taken away by the ending of this fucking book. <laughs> I both love and hate that. But, more importantly, abolish the fucking monarchy! <laughs> She had the opportunity to do it. Sure, more fucking plot would have happened, but maybe there would have been a reason for a fifth fucking book. (laughs) So yeah, there were always other options and she never looked at them.
1: Yeah... A big thing that this book, and and we've discussed previously, the rest of the books do, is that they will hand wave stuff. They'll just be like, oh, we can't do this because this reason. You know, this thing that you might think, reader, is true isn't true
0: because of this reason. (laughs) It's like the worst GM railroading me.
1: It, It is. I mean, this is definitely, as you said, there are other options, but that is not the story that the GM wants to tell, so you're not allowed to take those options. But
0: there's a door. Yes, but you can't open that door. It's locked.
1: Then why did you put
0: the door here?
1: <laughs> um, I thought that the house should have a door, but I don't want you to use it. So I'm gonna say that the door is locked so that you know you can't use it, and it's natural for you to not use it.
0: <laughs> but I'm a rogue and I've got like a lockpicking skill.
1: Nope, it can't be unlocked. Um because magic. of magic. Falcon magic. Yeah.
0: It's awful and like because every one of her futures is choosing a mate taking the throne none of them are about one of the
2: throne like didn't
0: exist
1: well and like you would think and here's the here's the other problem is that like characters are fallible they're not going to think of everything if you've been raised in a monarchy and you're used to having monarchical power you are maybe not going to think to how do i keep my power and do the thing Right, you're you're probably not going to be like we should give power to the people. You're just like, no, we should just choose a better ruler. Like, I I get that we can't hold these characters accountable for not trying can't literally everything.
0: Characters accountable.
1: No, and and we know what the deal is with the author. It's not the story they wanted to tell. But you would think it would be sensible if you're integrating two cultures to maybe create some sort of group composed of both cultures. <laughs> <laughs> who can help you make decisions
0: for both cultures? Why, why didn't Valine fucking <laughs> be like? You know, it would be great—a fucking council to like guide you on shit that both of your cultures need. Like, I'm a sparrow, but like I hang out with the dancers because you know that's the only way that this river flows. <laughs> so, like, I could tell you <laughs> what the birds would want. And what would not totally piss off the snakes. (laughs) Instead, it doesn't fucking matter.
1: Right. Instead, we just let these people live two separate lives and and don't do anything to try to defuse that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then my other fucking huge thing was the ways in which, because we were denied seeing Zanika and Tadeo and Valene and Aisha building Wyvern's court. Mm Mm-hmm. Zanika's just like, okay, daughter, here you go. Good fucking luck. We don't have any paths for you. We are like those parents who just let their kids like choose their own learning. <laughs> She's reading about Shakespeare this week. It's fine. It's fine. She'll pick a mate whenever. They should have had... Classes where people like Maris and Urban and and Sib and Salem and Eliza, because in Snake Charm they asked, "Hey, you know, would you raise any kids in Wyvern's Court if we did this?" Like that was kind of set up, but then it didn't happen. So what fucking happened? Should have been a fucking teacher character, Feline probably, because that's the only teacher I've known who raised these kids, who taught kids to enjoy both cultures maybe to the detriment not the detriment maybe to the like shock of only the avian matrons i'm sure (laughs) but like they failed this generation by not having any fucking clue how to do it they failed them they caused eliza to be like the only answer is to leave Mm -hmm. i hate it that's a a flaw of, of the author's vision right because like
1: so the story ends with eliza being like hopefully in the future you know slowly bit by bit our two cultures will integrate right and it's like "Oh, okay that's fair you can't expect thousands of year old wounds to mend in 20 years the the problem is twofold one we know that that doesn't happen and that was never intended to happen b there's nothing in place to help that along yeah and you know, we we clearly see that because of, you know, what the Falcons have said and, and what Eliza has said, that they don't think that this is a thing that can happen. And that's ridiculous. That's the most unbelievable
0: thing about this book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I was a kid, back in the late 90s, <laughs> being gay, right? Let's just talk on that it was a thing you were this you know you were you were queer in some kind of way right maybe you talked about it with your friends maybe you didn't there were gay straight alliances in school but you know we were coming off of like the AIDS crisis and we had lost an entire fucking generation of queer people and elders these days 20 years later kids are super gay and trans and bi and pan and they don't understand why their parents are so against it mm-hmm. Like, sure, some of them are like, uh, I'm uncomfortable by this because my parents are super bigoted and blah, blah, blah. But even the super bigoted parents are still having gay kids, (laughs) are still having trans kids. So I just express my disbelief that none of these kids have crossed the threshold. We see only people who are like high school and college age in this series as kids, but where are the little kids? Where are the people who were 10 when Eliza was born, who now are older and have 10 year olds of their own because she's 20? And they're raising their kids being like, well, you know, my parents, we moved to Wyvern's Court and I was 10 and then Eliza was born and then I was 20 and I got married and I had a kid and I'm living in Wyvern's Court and I'm raising my child to these things. My 10 year old is hanging out with a snake because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's like no kids exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then once
0: again, not the story that the author wanted to tell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like, even I'm like, I don't understand why all of these families only have one child. One <laughs> Civ, one Eliza, one Salem, one Nysias.
1: Yeah, I. it doesn't work. It has really bad, unfortunate implications. And, you know, we talked in Falcon Dance, like, the series is going to live or die on the context in which Wyron's court doesn't work.
0: Right. Is it because the Falcons know the real history? That's a problem. You know? And this did not stick the landing. Yeah. And we even had an opportunity with the Obsidian Guild, because the Obsidian Guild could have said, nah bro, (laughs) the Falcons are fucking wrong. For sure. Well, even thinking about the ways that Hai, right, because it's set up with her, the idea of she weaves a thousand sacri a day and touches a million futures or whatever. Sharza could have been a really fucking unreliable narrator. She could have said, oh, yes, I did this thing and only thought she did. We could have had a peculiar but interesting story to be like, mm, well, the Obsidian Guild says this thing, which is different. And maybe that was the truth. Mm-hmm. And then we could have been like, we don't know. It could have been any of these three or four fucking myths. Yep. and And I feel like
1: in a better and more complicated story. That is what would happen because it would illustrate how history is not a specific thing. History is like their perspective Mm. on it, right? Like that would be a theme that you would have in a better series. But instead in this series, it's like any bit of history we hear, it's there to tell us why this isn't going to work. (laughs) And it doesn't matter who's saying
0: it. It's there as exposition.
1: So is there anything else?
0: My continued frustration that everything loves the Serpiente. I was going to be more vulgar, but I'm not going to be. Super loves the Serpiente and shits on the avians. Every opportunity where you could have said something negative about the Serpiente instead was something negative about the avians. Anytime there was something positive, it was about the Serpiente. I'm just like, I want to change it. I just want to change it. I just want them to be more interesting mm-hmm. like that's all I I just want that yeah. but it's not there I know it's it's so terrible like not that I wanted Urban to be kicked out of his home which of course was the dancers nose, because where the fuck else does anyone live <laughs> literally we never see anywhere else in the southern hills than nope. the fucking Chameh it's true Um, but could you imagine if the dancers had kicked Urban out mm-hmm. and Urban was like living with Maris in his apartment because he's an adult I think it'd be great also Maris what do you do Urban's a dancer what's your skill what's your job we know that this place is not a fucking communist utopia so what do you do are you a scholar I don't know anything about you babe and I love you because you're the most interesting plotline but like you know Maris could have been a scholar who had his own apartment and Invited Urban to live with him because the dancers kicked him out for continuing to go hang out with him or something. Being like, and after they attacked you and almost murdered you, you would still hang out with the birds? Get the fuck out! Like anything, anything, they could have made the serpents not be the. Oh gosh, I don't know. We just are super reasonable. Nope, sorry. No, the The serpents never do anything wrong, and uh, nope. only have the best intentions. Do. Oh, also that was a random moment I had where it was like, those serpents were noted for their like anger and aggression and violence or whatever, but Maris was the one who threw the first hit. I know that Urban baited him into hitting him, but it just, it always seems really weird to me the way that the avians end up actually being the violent ones. Mm-hmm. And even though it could have been portrayed as, Serpiente, have a negative reputation for being violent because even between friends they might, you know, like push each other around or something. And it's not true, they're not really violent, that's racist. Like, but it's not it's instead stated as fact. But the only people we see who actually have a temper end up being the avians. So I don't know. Alright, Ollie, would you would you (laughs) recommend this book? No. Okay, let me let me take a moment. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a standalone, no, you cannot read this one first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm gonna go with no, in general. Mm-hmm. There's too much that I personally find extremely squicky
2: mm-hmm.
0: about Eliza and Bettie's quote-unquote relationship. So even though this has the best subplot that doesn't actually exist out of the whole
1: series... (laughs) The best um, romance in the series does not exist. The
0: best accidentally a romance, because the tropes exist and the author didn't realize it (laughs) until the board was like,
2: Um, are they gay?
0: (laughs) I guess, sure, if you want to see it that way. (laughs) I just don't think there's anything of value in this book. Get me if I'm wrong, but... Maybe I'm just too modern
2: <laughs> and
0: um fucking eat the rich. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, fuck your princesses. Fuck your princesses. I don't care that she abdicated. Fucking get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want you fucking triumvirate it with Salem and Siv. I want you to make a council of the people for the people to figure out what their fucking problems are so that they can work together and I don't know till the lands is anyone a fucking farmer? <laughs> so how about you? Um so this
1: is the only book out of all of these that I had real emotions for. Mhm. When I finished the ending of this, I was really upset and it took me a long time to figure out why it's because i really like the ending i was really invested in how hard it was for eliza to give this thing up for her people um and that it was like the best option because she had all these shitty features in store like yeah this sucks eliza this really sucks that you have to do this i'm really sad about it I'm glad that you have Betia, but you have to leave, like, all of your friends and your family. Like, it it fucking sucks. And, like... <sighs> but does she? <laughs> well, and... Uh, no, because I was taking the book at face value. So, like... Okay, fair, fair, fair. I hate that this is what... This is the fate of Danica and Zane's daughter, you know? I'm, like, these characters yeah. that I was invested Damn. in. Four books later, this is where we are. Yeah, I'm, like... I was, like, genuinely sad, like, on the level that the book wanted me to be sad, right? I the, literally, the only fucking emotion aside from frustration that I felt for this entire fucking series. Like it's the one, the one book that was able to make me like feel what it wanted me to feel. Right, but as I like sorted out my feelings and also forgot what happened. <laughs> Like, I can respect that you chose the ending that was the most artistically satisfying for you. I appreciate that this was your book about
0: struggle and, like, you know, dropping out of college. Like, I I appreciate all that stuff. For sure. I don't know any other book that, like, the princess fucking abdicates and is like, peace out, bitches.
1: Right. It's a downer ending. And I I fucking respect that. But, like... As we've discussed, it's incredibly problematic and I'm frustrated that I can't just appreciate this book because it's so thematically fucked up. You know, Falcon Dance was good, but it had all that colonialist bullshit and this book was <laughs> fascist bullshit, fascist bullshit. But this book was the the chance for them to say no but not fascist and they didn't and now i can't appreciate yeah. it. they could have said we believe in ourselves right yeah they opportun- had the opportunity to say fuck
0: fate we're going to make it work god nicias that was something i forgot nicias had so many opportunities to be like eliza there is a reason why it feels like you can't and this is why and he never chose to be transparent with her
1: Nope, we get to the end of this book, and Eliza has still not heard the full truth from Nicias. So, um, no, I, I can't recommend it, even though it made me feel feelings. It's a weird thing to say. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that you did have those feelings, because, like, I didn't, and so, like, it's good to know that it did its job. That it's a sad thing to be like, oh, Dane and Zanika, and Dane and Zanika. <laughs> <laughs> Zane and Zanika. It's well, canon. Zanika. Um, Zanika's whole struggle basically fucking ends here. Mm-hmm. like, And that sucks. It does suck. And sucks for Eliza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sucks for Siv and Salem. Yeah, it does. It's a downer. It is. I'm not looking forward to book five because I don't want it to exist.
1: I'm so curious about what it could
0: possibly be about. I'm vaguely aware of the fact that it involves a lot of suckery, and you know, I'm just gonna not like that at all, because I don't like prophecy. Maybe I should tell you now.
1: Uh, what? The the reason, the literally the reason that I decided to copy all of these uh, behind-the-scenes info from the site was because of what mm-hmm. was written about Wyvern Hill. Oh So boy. maybe we'll end on a little teaser.
0: Sure, I would love to be teased. Let's go.
1: Uh, Here at last, we arrive at the final book in the Keisha Ra series. Inspiration came through the first four books, but also through a conversation with my friend Kyle. I had no idea how the series was going to end, which was a problem since I had already published part of it and I hate authors who never finish what they start. (laughs) It could end in a bloodbath, I explained. It could end with them all dead, a la Hamlet. Maybe the Falcons take over. Maybe the Wolves do. Or the Desmodius. That's bats, children. (laughs) For that matter, maybe the humans do. Maybe it ends with a bang or, as T.S. Eliot says, not with a bang, but a whimper. Or just a general, huh, kind of like The Sopranos. Kyle replied to me, write them all. Oh, God. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that does not bode well
0: for this book. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking suckery. Ollie's gonna love this. Super excited. Join us next time on Backlist and Chill. You can find me on Twitter at Olivia (laughs) Hennes, or you can follow the podcast at Backlist Podcast.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Endless underscore Run. Uh, You can also find the podcast at Patreon.com slash Backlist and Chill, where our patrons get the podcast varying degrees of early. Um, And thank you, as usual, to our patrons. Patrons, Thank you so much. our patrons,
0: patrons, our
1: patrons. <laughs> you are all great,
0: and we love you and appreciate your support. If you liked Wolf Cry, you can come talk to us. Tell us why we we're wrong. If you didn't yeah, like Wolf Cry, can. come talk to us, and you know and we can agree, complain about it. Yeah, yeah
1: great, <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right, well, bye, bye.
2: Ugh.
0: So is there anything else? Mm, I hate that Eliza eats meat. <laughs> it's fine that she does, ultimately, because <laughs> she's half avian and half serpiente. But I just want to go and say that the fact that she was like, oh, I smelled cooked meat. And I'm like, mm, I remember when your father forced your mother to try lamb. <laughs> I imagine. And I'm always going to hold that against him. I imagine you, like,
1: yanking the mic out of somebody's hand and be like, and also,
0: fuck Zane for making Danica eat meat. (laughs) Oh, it's only a personal preference, though. You must, you understand that I have to have you try it now. Oh, that's so funny. Fuck. Off you fucking wanker. I hate you <laughs> so much. Anybody who loves Zane Cobriana can just like yeep themselves off the fucking northern <laughs> cliffs wow. for all I care. <laughs> really throwing down that gauntlet. <laughs> I am, because that man is fucking trash. <laughs> he never tries to love avian culture and Danica. Absolutely does. Even in this book, Eliza is like, my mother was the perfect blend. She had avian poise, but she wore serpiente outfits and <laughs> had and rock clips in her hair. And I'm just like, and your dad is just a serpent,
2: isn't he? Yeah. Right? He is. Because he never fucking changes in 20 years. I'm betting. Hate that dude.